Hello and welcome to episode 350 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. I was going to say as always by Jack Harper, but uh, he's late. Biggest pod of the year and he is late, so he'll be here shortly. We'll have a few other guests joining us throughout the episode. It's our big Prem preview and starting out the episode, we've got Connor Palmer in the house. We'll be doing our best to cover all the clubs in the league. We'll have as much representation as possible on the show. I guess how we're we doing today is a good place to start. Well, I mean, been better. Four days to go. Um, <laughs> just saw earlier, Skamaka is gone officially. <laughs> so, yeah, really excited for a season with Antonio and Danny Ings. No problem with getting players out. Well, no. <laughs> no problems on that one. Do you feel any guilt because you did our end of season roundup? Harper actually wasn't there again, <laughs> if, we, if we look back. <laughs> we kind of said we were laying the gauntlet down for Skamaka and he had to react to it and he has reacted to it. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> Just not in the way that you Turns out Antonio was right about his character. <laughs> Does not like a bit of adversity at all. Well, David Moyes just certainly knows how to pick him, doesn't he? Whether it was his signing or not. Well, I think that's knows, the issue, but, yeah. You know, I, I all I can say is the man was playing with a tall meniscus for the whole season. <laughs> 24 games. He is season, almost but. certainly going to bang at Atalanta as well. So oh, just maybe prepare yourself it's, for that. It's Aller all over again, isn't it? We will get to West Ham though. So let's start with the champions, not of the uh, Conference League. Weird summer at Man City. Gundogan to Barca on a free. Mares to Al Ahly for 30 million. Kovacic in from Chelsea for 25. And uh, Giuseppe Guardiol in from Leipzig for 85 million. Bernardo Silva's looking for a way out. Laporte is looking for a way out. Kyle Walker's looking for a way out. And yet still, I think we're all picking them to win the league. I've not asked anyone that yet, but I'll be surprised if anyone is picking differently. I'll be yeah. I'll be worried because I don't... <laughs> you better brace yourself. <laughs> yeah. 350th pod. Yeah. Largely due to their own success, I think there may be more expectation attached to the 23-24 Man City than there has been maybe any other team in history. When Liverpool or Chelsea won the Champions League last time, I don't think anyone made them favourites a year later or thought they were really the best team in the world. This City team are expected to barely lose a game and yet the squad seems to be in a bit of a weird place. I'll ask you, TK, because I can't ask Jack. <laughs> I want to ask specifically if you think Kovacic is better or worse than Gundogan. Can he be a straight replacement for him without the levels dropping? Tricky one for me. This seem to remember last uh, last year's preseason pod. I described Calvin Phillips as the perfect signing. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I've got any stock in, in this. It's plummeted. Uh, on paper, Kovacic for that sum of money, I think is a pretty good. Replacement. I don't think you can replace Gundogan, really. I don't think there's many midfielders that get goals in midfield quite like he does. And I do think that's going to cost them this year. When he was talking about a move last summer, I said the same. I didn't think... I thought they were overlooking how important he probably was to them, certainly in the big games, obviously down the stretch. Um, certainly that year, that hurt. I've, so <laughs> I've kind of attributed the games he plays, and to use a kind of frequent uh, thing people use like Lingard or Walcott's age or something that all of a sudden they were like, you couldn't believe that they were 30 or 32 or whatever. Sure. I didn't know that Gundogan was playing quite as many games as he was. Mm. And 
so much of the description of his City career has been, you know, a good player, but he plays like 20 something games a season. And the last two, I think he's hit around 30, which for. I think he's in 30s. Yeah, yeah. for so a Guardiola take- player, that's like Haaland was, I think, the only one. I think Haaland and Edison were the only two that played more mm. than 30 last season for them. So he's going to be a bigger miss. To pick up on what you said, I think ability wise, there isn't going to be enough of a drop off that you would notice it in that sense, but the goals is going to be the and big thing. If they do have, you know, games where it's close and big games, he obviously has turned up for them. He's been pretty clutch. So he's someone they turn to. It seems harsh to say it, but sometimes De Bruyne doesn't. Yeah. And if he doesn't in one of these games, he's going to be looking around. And Kovacic is a really good player, but I thought the Community Shield was probably probably perfect advert for Kovacic where you watched it and thought this is unbelievable he fits in straight away that's great and you, but what did it mean what yeah, did it mean you kind of looked at him thought, well he travelled with the ball nicely or whatever but didn't set anything up didn't score and there's so many games with Chelsea where you'd watch that with him you think, he's a really good player but I don't really know what this brings he's not breaking up the play he's not the creator he's just kind of a bit of everything but then in a better team like City you can probably get away with that you're probably going to do all those things and we're going to say what a great sign-in because they've won the league or whatever and he's probably the same player as he was at Chelsea. Hey, another cup final yesterday that uh, De Bruyne came on injured this time, didn't go off injured. <laughs> <laughs> the league, unfortunately, we know is a different story. Connor, do you think this is the most important season of Foden's career so far? He's never started more than 24 games in a Premier League season. Look for yesterday, Mars is out De Bruyne is out. He's still not being picked to start the game. He started only 75 games in his league career. And so, should he be pushing to replace, would you say, Gundogan or Mares? Because I assume Bernardo Silva is going to fill the other space. Yeah, I mean, he he never, well, like you say, 75 starts in, in his career. He's, yes, he's a home, homegrown talent and they'd love to see him there, but it's, it was the same with England during the World Cup. He wasn't starting and, you know, everyone was there calling out for him to start. And really, is that the wise choice for it when you've got someone like Grealish who's playing in the same position? Okay, you can move him about a little bit. But I think if he wants to sort of develop himself even further, don't get me wrong, he's a great player, but you're not going to get any anywhere. Well, can't say you're not going to get anywhere in your career when you just want to treble. But, <laughs> um, you know, you're not going to progress further if you are just that squad rotation player it's, or bench player it's only the weekend as well I realize he's 23 it's like the conversation is often like he's 19 yeah. it's like I know still young got plenty of time but he's getting on in terms of you're going to be that guy they're normally like nailing down the certainly a first team spot yeah. by now well he he's one of them and we've spoken about it with plenty of players on here before I think Pogba is one of the last ones we did it with oh god absence means that mm-hmm. his ability is often taken to a place that he's unable to back up and it is harder to do it when you're coming in off the bench regularly. That That is a thing, but he doesn't have the pressure attached to him. Like Saka was the one that was being made the whole way through the World Cup. And Saka, I think, after two games, made that position his own. Foden, and, I mean, it's nothing he can do about this, has never had to grind it out in a team like we had. Under Unai Emery, or was it early Mikel Arteta, we lost a game. I can't think who it was to. So it might have been Burnley. That horrible, we lost to Burnley at home. <laughs> And Saka tweeted... Like when you were 18th in the league. <laughs> yeah. And Saka tweeted something out like, uh, 
Arsenal fans, you deserve better, which I know is um, questionable for a <laughs> lot of people. Based, yeah. but you sure? Essentially put the team on his back and he went on this mad run of assists and goal scoring. Foden, one doesn't have the opportunity to do that, but usually once you gain Guardiola's trust, it's very hard to drop it. Like Walker's only just really dropped it and then he was brought back in for one of the biggest games of his career as a, a City player. He's in... He's made Guardiola break his, you know, if you want to leave, you leave. And he's begging him to stay rather than go to Bayern Munich. Hmm. I don't know how Foden does do that. Cole Palmer's, I think he is like 19. He's already asking to leave City because he wants to go and play regular football elsewhere. I'm not saying Foden needs to do that, but if this season you can't make your mark when this many players and you're in and around your areas have left, then maybe you do have to have a conversation of what you'd rather do. I'm looking forward to hating on Cole Palmer. Just got something to buy. I just hey, think nothing wrong with C Palmer, yeah. right? <laughs> got a feeling like I might, might dislike him. The, the other thing, for the same thing at City as he's got for England is he, there is going to come a point where it's like, well, what position do you play? Because mm. and it, at England, I certainly don't think you can play him in one of the wide positions just because of the fit. I think we need a bit more pace and directness. And it looks like City often think that way themselves. Um, we had we had it in January where. Yeah, Felix, essentially, it's, it's even had the choice of, do you want to go to Chelsea or you wait out and you go to Arsenal? He chose Chelsea, career's backfired, and he now looks like he's going to Saudi. If you were an if you were an advisor for Foden and you had to say to him, say he has to go into Pep, Pep says, tell me, do you want to compete for Gundogan's role? Do you want to compete for Mahrez's role? Where would you tell him, if he has to say, join a group of players in training the next day, where would you be telling him, this is where you're best suited to go and try it? Yeah, I'd be telling him to go and try and do Gundogan's role. I've always felt he's playing through the middle more is always just a better bet. Uh, if you could create a situation for England whereby he was sort of your 10, I would have liked that. I always thought it was a false sort of equivalence. Him versus Saka, I always thought, okay, he can play there, but I would always rather Saka. It's just a better fit for me. And it's probably similar with City. If they're looking for someone to sort of replace Gundogan, he should, in theory, be able to do that role. You saw the weekend. He came on, looked sharp. Yeah, he but did. he can do that, can't he? We we know he can do that. It's putting it together for a sustained period. Well, they were linked yeah. with um, Gabri Vega, who's just uh, Napoli. Yeah, Napoli bid for him today. But you think if City want him, then it's to play in, in and around the middle of the pitch. Mm. Foden is more established, has the same skill set. You would think defensively, you can get away with being ratty to a certain extent you don't have to be the most physical man in the world do you to play in midfield as long as you've got the guys next to you that can do that you just can't be a total liability yeah and so he can put himself about as much as enough to do it we've got a player at Arsenal who's having to do it yesterday Pep so far really hasn't sort of trusted him in that role I do think it's a big part of why Southgate hasn't played him there is that Pep did publicly come out and say look he's going to, have to improve certainly looking after the ball if he's going to play in a central position what we have got Jack here now. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough question here. What's a good season for Haaland? Fifty-one goals last season. Is that the standard now? Fifty-two or? then. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it's got to get close at least. It's a little bit like I guess Salah's first year, where you're like, "That's such a freak year." I can accept if you don't hit the same again, but you can't be far off. If he had just a disaster year the following year, you'd have gone, "Okay, he's just 
flukes it. Yeah, you know, Harlan's got a few more years to back it up. going to come back on Sky Sports <laughs> and fish shaking. And I told you so. <laughs> Does it annoy anyone else when people still put one season wonder in quotation marks when describing Kane? <laughs> Did anyone say this past like the first three months of his career and it's been made like this has hung over his head for like the first five years of his career? <laughs> Infuriating. Is this the year they go unbeaten? I'll feel a lot better if they can tick it off and get a loss in early. I find it weird, and I shouldn't feel like this, but... Make sure you talk, you or, can slide it, yeah. Although they've just gone and won the treble, does anyone get the air they're just a little bit vulnerable? I know, not so much from yesterday, because like, it was penalties and it is what it is. Um, but I think losing Gundogan, losing Mares, losing some depth, I do feel like they could potentially not win absolutely every single trophy this season, which is freakish, I know. I, should, I shouldn't say that, but I just feel like they can be got at a little bit. The good thing Glad is... you said that. It's sliding quite seamlessly with how we started the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've been listening on the way over. <laughs> Stolen my punchline there as well, which uh, we'll let slide. <laughs> Let's move on to Chelsea, and I'm sure we'll loop back around with, okay. uh, with City. <laughs> Where to start, really? <laughs> 12th place finish last year. Poch has now come in. They've managed to get rid of some truly terrible players out the door for big money and Kai Havertz as well. Um, <laughs> once again, the focus is on securing young, talented players, some to have an impact now and some for the future. And Kunku is the oldest of the pack at 25. Nicholas Jackson up top. Levi Colwell's just signed a new deal. Jack, how can you place any type of aims or expectations on this season when so much is still kind of a mystery? Yeah, we're kind of an unknown. I think everyone, no one's come out boldly and said, oh, they're going to finish bottom half again. Or that's a possibility. <laughs> no, one's, no one's come out boldly and said they'll finish top four because I don't think anyone really does think that. However, that's also, Connor did. That's also a possibility. I think... Not this Connor. Yeah, we're, we're going off... <laughs> He's going we're trying to go off a kind of a track record here and try and use the past to predict the future a little bit, but you just can't do that this season because, well, for a start, we don't have the same team. I think we've had eight outgoings, is it? Would you say? An interesting exercise would be, yeah. Jack, can you name the squad currently? Because yeah. <laughs> I can barely tell you. It. I'm like, who's still there and who's gone yeah, and struggling it? It's, it's odd seeing a pre-season tour where you think, oh, I'll get to see all my favourite players again. And you, see, I sat there and watched and you genuinely you're watching players for the first time. Yeah. Quite... All of them almost. Well, they're watching each other for the first yeah, time. Yeah. Like, I didn't see you in training. Yeah. <laughs> well, about 175 million has been spent so far with um, Axel de Sassi and Robert Sanchez being the latest to join. Poch says he still needs to complete his squad. And we know Chelsea are still in for the best part of 100 million with Caicedo. Seems to be some dispute between Brighton journalists and everyone else as to whether he was really injured yesterday or if he said, mm. yeah, I'm not going to be taking part in that friendly. Mm. <laughs> um I should raise that when he put in a transfer request to join us, his reasoning was that he's got a large family with lots of siblings that he has to be able to feed. And so the wage he was on already, obviously, <laughs> wasn't stretching yeah, that can't far. Do that. One, people genuinely seem to sympathise with him on this. <laughs> and like, why isn't they letting him go to Arsenal? This is outrageous. Which is out- And then two, people genuinely believed he was on three and a half grand a week. <laughs> so, 
How he's a Premier League footballer, a very good Premier League footballer. You think he's on three and a half grand a week? No, there were some of the he ones. He may be being underpaid by Brighton, but he is not being underpaid that by that much. Wasn't there Jesus. some of them that we were seeing? It may have been for Bournemouth, maybe, where someone was claiming that they were on like someone was claiming that Brennan Johnson was on less than that. <laughs> he's on like five hundred quid a week. Yeah, not Forest, he's on a YTS yeah. contract. <laughs> um. As much as the ability of the players was one thing, with Koulibaly, Azpilicueta, Kante, Aubameyang, Kovacic leaving, all of those are 29 or older, which is a significant energy shift in the dressing room as much as anything. Do you think this changes the vibe around the place, pushes others to come out of their shell, step up more? Maybe you're going to see some players emerge that wouldn't have done previously. I worry in a sense that we're going to have no leaders because, I mean, we looked like a team without leaders last season and then we, <laughs> we, we ended up pretty badly off because of that. Um, it is going to leave a void for people to stand up to be counted here. I think Rhys James is going to come into his own a little bit and really marshal in what it means to be a Chelsea player because I think he's the only one, if I think of somebody who actually cares and wants to be there, it's... He's probably the one that you hang that hat on. So Remember when Ronaldo the... was coaching from the touchline in the final of the Euros? That's going to be Reese James. <laughs> yeah. She always has assistant next to him. <laughs> Both in a knee brace. <laughs> I just don't, don't know what it is with knee injuries in this team. But yeah, I think it's going to leave a void in a vacuum. I think it's going to... We're going to see a lot... We're going to learn a lot about this team full stop, let alone the leaders, because... From if you haven't been watching our preseason, which I imagine not a lot of people have, I've seen they wouldn't, yeah, they, they wouldn't like TK said, you wouldn't even be able to name the starting lineup for the game against Liverpool next week. I saw the Brighton highlights because I, I came on here and spoke about Mudrick mm. and linking up with Nicholas Jackson. What's they more- don't know. They don't know they're starting eleven, and we're going to have Curtis Jones playing the six. This could be carnage <laughs> next Sunday. <laughs> What's more important, results or style of play? Results. I think the fact that we can. The, the problem is, I was looking back at some of the highlights from last season. Don't ask me why. Just a bit of... <laughs> Didn't take a short really. video, yeah. presumably. Yeah. Um, when I say highlights, I mean lowlights. All in one TikTok. Yeah. A lot of compilations of how wasteful we were. And we've got a lot... <laughs> I we, saw him sharing the highlights of... Um, was it the League Cup final against League, Liverpool? Yeah. And they were like, how can one team be this wasteful? It's, it's, I don't remember the game being quite like that. It, it was the same in the FA Cup final. I didn't um, like who it, I saw missing the chances yeah, either. Exactly. Just serial offenders. And this was the problem where it got to a stage last season where when we were through on goal, we just didn't bother standing up because like, we're not going to score this. From, from pre-season, it looks like we're scoring goals, which is, which is great. If we see more goals, more wins will come because of that, because of just the amount of good players we've got in our defence. Jack dropped a Michael Owen there. Yeah. If we score yeah. some more goals, we'll win some more games. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, it sounds Michael Owen of me to say that and I accept it. Problem is, when you watched us last season, I was, you had more goals to it and that's what happened. The problem is for you last year, it was like you had to choose between a game where you created chances but couldn't finish them yeah. or a game where you didn't create anything. Yeah. There was, that was the choice. You've watched some games you're like, they're never going to create a chance and other times, even when they did, it's like, oh, they're never going to score. I think the best game to kind of encapsulate that was against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge towards in April last yes, season yeah where, horrible game where we were awful um, all season we seemed to have G'd ourselves up so it looked like they, there was another level that they could go to they were just choosing not to because they wanted to play well against Liverpool and even then I think three big chances missed by yeah someone that now plays for a North London if, if which he'll never do again yeah not like the weekend no, yeah not, not like we'll he, speak he about him we'll, we'll speak about him later if you beat Liverpool next Sunday should you then 
just stay away from Stanford Bridge. Is it not then your duty bound to stay yeah. away from Stanford Bridge? I mean, it's the, this will be the first time in four years um, that I haven't gone to Charles Liverpool at home or the cup finals. And if we win this one, it'll be the first time we've beaten them in four years. So. I was... Yes. Jack is getting thrown off the... If he's out of sea, Jack's getting thrown off the I, ship. I, I'm getting a banning order. I'm gonna have to, they're going to have to make me hand my passport in when they go away. I was, I was going to say about this uh, later. I've not shown you this purposely. At the game yesterday, this guy came up the steps and me and my uncle looked at him. I was like, is that guy wearing a dressing gown? There's a guy who came up. He had an uh, Arsenal hat. Um... He had Arsenal shirt, Arsenal dressing gown, Arsenal shorts, Arsenal socks, Arsenal shin pads. <laughs> See him coming up and he, he comes and sits by me. Real nice guy. Did he smell? Did he, that no, like no, no, he didn't. No. He, he's, he's a nice guy. And, he, <laughs> and he, he said to me, I've got to let you know, I'm Arsenal at heart, but I've not been a supporter that long. Can you teach me the chance? <laughs> oh, no. And, I, wow. and I, I said, Did you drop acid before you went to the game? Did, did so, this happen? So hold on. So hold on. I said, You're going to have to pick it up as you go along, basically. And then one you may have heard before, actually. He said, What do they just say there? And I said, uh, By far the greatest team the world, the world has ever seen. And he said, he Okay. To the game. He said, Okay, I can learn that one. Carried on half time. He said, "How do you spell Arteta? I'm dyslexic." And I said, "Okay, all right, we did it." <laughs> There's so much going on. Here. He vanished some way into the second half. He said he had to go and take a picture or something, and I didn't see him again. I'm scrolling through TikTok today, and I told Connor this earlier, and he said, "Were you sat by Ty from Arsenal Fan TV?" Yeah, I was about to say. Sounds like I'm yeah. scrolling TikTok. I see him in the background of Ty from AFTV's video. <laughs> so to prove that I'm not lying about this, he's popped up. He's got his hat on. He's got a red Arsenal hat, do-rag on, dressing gown, shit, everything. He looks really happy to be there as well. Yeah, he, he, he was a... I've sat next he's to... It's a good time to jump on. I've sat, <laughs> I've sat next to far worse people, but... Yeah. He's gone overboard. It's kind of like an English officer dresses well, so, so someone so, <laughs> he's, some, he's got all the gear on <laughs> this really really drunk girl walked up the stairs and she like basically just laughed in his face oh. and it reminded me of um, when Buddy first goes to New York at the start of Elf and he just can't he doesn't really work out why everyone that thinks this is funny like that, yeah. and he's like he didn't think this was a particularly controversial thing there's a picture of me when I went to Highbury for the first time and I've got Arsenal hat and Arsenal like waterproof coat on, um, a, like a junior gunner's bucket hat basically, and I had these um inflatable like clappers basically that you got <laughs> that I got from my junior gunner's membership. And there's a picture of me wearing like all of this, and it was, was like 17. he was doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah this was this I'm with this hybrid, so <laughs> <laughs> this is this is way back. And yeah, he it was like I'm going to the game. Why would I not just put all my Arsenal gear on? But when I saw the shin pads, it was <laughs> when he said I'm new. I need to learn the chance. You should have just said to me, you should have become a Chelsea fan. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier. You could have had this done. One word. Well, most of our songbook is now playing for Arsenal, so he should be all right. <laughs> is there a Jorginho one I don't know about? It was just Jorginho. Jorginho. <laughs> okay. Very much if in the tune of Chelsea. Very creative bunch they've got down at the bridge, I have to say. All right, we'll, uh, we'll get back to Chelsea. I was going to sell that later, but you seemed a good audience. So... Uh, <laughs> If you were on million pound drop today, and that's your uh, segue, you had to distribute the million on whether Poch would be sacked over the course of this season. How would you spread the money? 
Well, as in which month? Where, where would I level? Where would I? I mean, that speaks no. volumes. <laughs> <laughs> not, not whether it happens. So you, you've got a million to spread between yes or no. Uh, How would right, you spread I've, the money? I've never watched Million Pound Drop, so thank. That's, sorry for you. Yeah. That's not the key part. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's uh, not I, you think month, your money just gets sacked. I, I didn't know if it was yes or no, or for it was a month. <laughs> the worst thing is. I've used that analogy before. <laughs> and so I did say last week, I he said just played so, a lot. The Jacks usually goes off at this stage and yeah. that may have been that may have been the case. Now, how would you how would you spread the money? Um I'd say no, personally. I don't think you get sacked. So you put the million on no. Yeah, I'd You're put, not even covering I, no, no, anything. I I don't think they can. If, in his defence, if it's a if it's a yes or no, he can only put the money on the so, one. He yeah. can't split the money. So, so, it's, yeah. bad, it's a bad show. Yeah. You can. That's a, you can. You can. Yeah. No, so if you know, because the whole premise actually isn't it is that you have like say it starts with four, but you've got to leave one empty because that's the, that's the drop element. Otherwise, there's no risk, is there? Well, you can go on and you no, can just only keep one losing. Correct. So right. Yeah. Four. So you're going to lose some money. I thought you had to leave. No. Fair enough. Do, do I know? As soon as you got to what down to two, I thought you had to split it. Otherwise, what are we doing here? You just, well, I guess if you... I want you going home with everything or nothing. That's what I want. It's like... 500 bags this, yeah. this is some golden bullshit. You're going to have everything or nothing. We all know people that chuck on cover bets and at a certain stage, you're not winning money anymore. Feels and so Ill. I guess that's the same Makes with million pound drop. You're, Ill, you're not winning by the end of it if you keep uh, if you keep covering. Um, yeah, that was a strange segue. So, but no, so, so I don't, hang on. I you said no. So why was your Great first? Why was your first question? Which month? Because I didn't. I didn't know the rules of this game you had me playing. <laughs> you twisted it. Yeah, it's like saw. You're gonna like chain me to a fucking radio and <laughs> cut off my leg if I have to choose which month Potch gets. Up. That was that was Chelsea's last season <laughs> yeah, for you. It was. Who? I'd, I'd rather gnaw off my own hand than go back to watch Habits play nine for us again. Good luck. Looks all right for us. Who has a better season? Did he? We'll speak about that later. <laughs> Who has a better season, Noni Madueki or Kani Chukwemeka? And I've not Ooh. used both those just to say their names. Ooh. Sounds like you're showing off. Um, it's definitely an M in Chukwemeka, by the way. I, I've seen the team sheet 100%. Yeah, for Mecca. Mecca, yeah, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I think Kani's going to get used a lot more. Um, because we don't have a midfield. So the logic would suggest he gets more game time. Um, Madweke, I mean, at the end of last season, he was the only player that looked like the shining star of, oh my God, we've actually got someone that can play football. Um, end product leaves a little bit to be desired, <laughs> but he had a great under-21s um, tournament. So he's coming off the back of that. So there, there's things going for him. I think wingers is where we're stacked. So I think just on the basis of where we need players to play, I think probably Chukwemeke probably gets a better run of it. Probably more time in the team. I see Madweke is a bit of a understudy to Mudrick. So you're not going to spend that much money on Mudrick and not play him like we did last season. Okay. Um, or we're not going to play Sterling because he's probably our most experienced player now other than Thiago Silva. So I think those two will play. I think Madweke will be their understudy and I think Chukwemeke will be a big player for us this season because as it stands... We only have three midfielders in a system where we play three midfielders. Well, I've got another game for you here. Um, Brilliant. Make sure he's watched the show. Yeah. Simple one again. Chelsea scored 38 goals last season. Oh, That's horrible. That's yeah. so bad, isn't it? Do they score over or under 55 next season? For context, Fulham scored 55 last year, which puts more context on your 38. United got 58 last season which was lower than eight of the top 10 in the league. Wow. 
So do Chelsea score more or less than 55? Um, all hinges on Nkuku's injury, I think. Look, we, obviously, there's rumours going around that it's MDL, ACL. No one really knows. Um, if he... What are you looking so happy about that for? I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going like, shame. Yeah. Don't you have to yeah. miss? Okay. Oh, <laughs> shame. shame, yeah. <laughs> it all hinges on that when he comes back because he looks like he can score goals, which is so alien in a blue shirt. I've, I haven't seen it for so long that it's made me very happy and... It's very Chelsea for him to be injured before the season even starts. It would be a nightmare because you've only got a hundred million pound striker on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rom. I mean, oh, come it's, on. It's, well, not, it looks like they're it's, sending him Italian clubs. They don't want it. You're gonna. He's been asked, He's managed to no, piss off so, everyone in the world. Well, the deal that's in the works, which. Chelsea are going to make it worse for every other Eng- oh, actually West Ham I've just done that actually with negotiating with Italian sides they want to swap Lukaku for Vlavic oh, yeah. and want 40 million from Chelsea on top of that and Chelsea are in talks to make it happen <laughs> the, the problem is when you're paying someone 500 grand a week yeah. which is like you just want rid of it yeah exactly yeah. you have like and the money Chelsea have already made this window or whatever, they're probably going, we'll take the fucking hit on him. Yeah. You've already made it. It just feels like a fair swap regardless. Yeah, like, to me, yeah a straight team. swap seems... But it's these Italian bastards that just won't fucking stop. Yeah, and so we're trying to like, get money no, for Balogun so, and they're going... Like, ah. <laughs> Inter, the prime example, they sold us him for 100 million or 95 mil and then he engineered his move back there. They took him on loan, didn't pay for him. And they took him on for another season and I've realised they don't actually want him because he's shit. And he's managed to piss them off somehow. I don't know how they've pissed Lost them a Champions League yeah, final. Yeah, and just was an all-round donkey. And if so, if Juventus is saying, this guy's bad news about Vlavic, well, we wanted you should him probably to... stay away from him. If <laughs> Juventus Chelsea is saying... Chelsea go, come here, you. Yeah, bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, like us. It's, it's making a deal with the devil, isn't it? Of, I'll swap you one... Bad guy for another. <laughs> I'd rather have Lavi. We were going to pay eighty million for him, and then he just he said, "I'm only going to Juve," and so our hands were tied. He's, I mean, he's oh, much younger. He's what twenty three, I think. I mean, signing a strike from Italy that is, is so in love with the club that they're leaving <laughs> that they'll never ever want to go back to is always a good. Always worked out well for you, Serbian. So he should have uh, some dog in him at least. Yeah, I think look, it hinges on that. I think the way we're linking up this. Pre-season again. I know it's pre-season, but it's still an indicator. It's, it's the only indicator I've got to go on here, so I'm going to have to use it. Ooh. I think we are going to see more goals. If Surely a big year for Mudrick. Surely yeah, so, that'll go some so way you to didn't it. Give me the over under. So is it over or under? Over. You can't say it determines. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, say okay. over for now. I'm just going to go bold. Um, this is a question. So, I'd go. What over. state we're in? That I, a bold prediction is that we'll score more than five. <laughs> uh, a, a, a question <laughs> that I may or may not want an answer to now. Give me the answer if Chelsea aren't in your top six. So are Chelsea in your top six? So I just know if I need to ask you now, where do you think they're going to finish? Oh, yes, they are. Okay, okay. So I don't, well, I'll save that question. Connor. <laughs> Did you really think they wouldn't be? <laughs> First time we've had you on the pod um, since we reviewed last season. Lots happened since then, some big signings. Um, what are your thoughts on Not for everyone? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Arsenal's um, 105 million sign-in of England international Declan Rice? I didn't realise that had gone through. Is it? Is it they signed him, have they? Already won silverware, bigger than the Conference oh, League. I, I am sick to death of you. 
<laughs> more prize money for winning the Community Shield than that and the Carabao Cup. It's a charity pre-season friendly. I mean, the thing is, you have to win to get in there. No, I mean, you, you, did, you didn't. <laughs> you just had to go second. You were in there because City couldn't play against themselves. Won the second. Won if anything, the, give it to someone else who won a trophy, like United. We won, Both United. We won the title race trophy. <laughs> getting in a getting in a no you still lost that well no because you won the title race, no, got in the race. The title I, was, race. <laughs> I was assured by Liverpool fans that competing with Man City alone is you basically say well if they weren't here we would have three Premier Leagues so if they weren't there we would have a Premier League do you still get a medal if you crash into the wall on the last lap uh, ask Mikel Alonso <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've touched a Marcus Alonso, yeah. there we go, yeah. Mikel Alonso. Yeah. It didn't sound right I, when I said it. I th- I thought got the wrong one, insane. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly landed. I thought you just got the name wrong of the Alonso, the, the F1 driver. So I thought we cross-sporting. I, I don't know well, enough about F1. Confirm that you ruined that one. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> well, people laughed and I thought, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, with, with back to Rice, as, as upset as I probably will be for the next however many years about it, his career. Yeah. <laughs> Until he has that fateful ACL injury. Um, <laughs> I think you've lost any standing on that one. Why? You just, you just basically all but celebrated in Kunku's injury. I said, I said it was a shame. <laughs> Your face didn't say a shame. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was about time, wasn't it? It was always going to happen. It was good to get the money for him. It's good that we're spending the money as well. So, <laughs> well, come on next year when we might actually start doing... That, all so, the spending um, but yeah it, it was going to have to happen he, he did give his all for us so it is what it is do you know what I mean it's just we just Edson Alvarez all the way spicy rice that's what we're on about now <laughs> they waited yesterday um, I didn't know they still got you up on the balcony by the way to lift the community shield they got oh, yeah. like, well they had the thing they were assembling it down below and it's right in front of us and they put them up and then took them back down on the pitch, when Rice got the uh, shield in his hand, they put on uh, Ice Ice Baby as well, and he was like a Cheshire cat. Don't, can I tell you how many times I get that Muller Rice advert come up on like TikTok, hey, Instagram? It was, every torment- it was tormenting me during the saga. So, right. uh, I'm driving home from work, it was on three different bus stops. Well, my journey to work <laughs> is 13 minutes. Well, once West Ham got the payment terms they wanted, the story of their summer since has seemingly been David Moyes won in one set of signings. And new technical director Tim Stideton, if I've said that right, wanting to go in a different direction. Last summer we spoke, last season, sorry, we spoke about the signings not being David Moyes signings. We did that in our postseason pod, and that's why last last summer's main man up top is gone back to Italy. Is it as simple as to say that Moyes should pick the players he wants, or is that too risky when his job security has been precarious for like the last eighteen months? Well, when. Even the players that he has, I think the only credible person we can we can look at for him signing is Jared Bowen, who looks to be captain now. But he he just is too stuck in his ways. It's the same with his tactics. It's the same with transfer windows. There's no doubt in my mind that Danny Ings was a David Moy signing. Annoyingly, that feels right. Yeah, um, he he needs guidance. He's like a frail old man who's slightly losing his mind a little bit and he just needs to be sort of ushered to one side and say, no, no, let's not spend £40 million on James Ward-Prowse. Let's go for someone who can actually replace the role of who we sold. You know, because Suchek's certainly not doing that either. 
He's just voice signing, wasn't he? Yeah. That's a good signing for, for, the first for a while. Year. Yeah. yeah. Danny Ings shaved his head at the start of summer and it's just... because he's tried to Rob Holding. It's just not grown back. He's gone to Turkey. He's gone to Turkey and done a Rob Holding. It's not quite right. as luscious yet. But. When Grealish was sold to Man City, they spent the 100 million before he came in, told everyone he was there to play with the new signings and then sold him once the business was complete. You surrendered that opportunity where Moyes and your owners were talking about selling him in the final weeks of the season. In fact, the day after the final, day after the final, David they said Sullivan he's definitely, to he's definitely going to. Yeah, be well, we're going to lose him. <laughs> should Cheers, you not, David. Should you not? <laughs> this hangovers just goes down really great. Thank you. At the very least, have had your targets lined up. You would think. I understand that you're an Arsenal fan, so you won't follow West Ham that much. But this is typical West Ham United. It's what we do. But for, for 100 million, if you know you're going to get 100 million, which yeah. you said from the start. Yeah. We, well, that's the thing. Where our negotiation is so piss poor, clubs hate dealing with us. We've seen it before. We, we hardly ever try and sign players on permanent moves. Yeah. So whenever we do, they go, okay, well, it's going to be much more. And when clubs know that you've got 105 million, yeah. then they're going to take the piss, like Fulham did with Paulinho. I was told Alons don't count until they're paid, so it's a hundred million for now. <laughs> oh wow! What are the do we know what the add-ons are? The way the length of time it took, it's probably going to be when he plays ten games or he sings "Rice Fries Baby" for the first time. That's when like a million's triggered each time. Was the director of football or technical director was this in place for a while, and it just took him a while to come in because it seems Moyes knew who he wanted, and then. This new guy's come in and said, I actually don't agree that that's the direction we should be taking the club in. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's come from Leverkusen and he was linked for absolutely ages. Then he got appointed and where West Ham have never really had depth, we're going into another season with another European journey on it. So we need more depth. So instead of spending 40, 50 million on one player, I know I think Alvarez, we're looking at 35. 34, yeah. Um, but... His his logic was, well, no, let's look at some players a bit cheaper, maybe a bit younger as well. And we need to get seven players at about 20, 15, 20 million so that we can actually bolster out the squad, which is what needs to be done. But again, David Moyes isn't going to like that, even though his job's in massive debate at the moment. It's- he would argue if he's being kept in the job, then he should be able to have his own best shot at it by taking the players that he wants. Do you see Just that? Just a European trophy. Yeah. Stocks high. You, because for about 12 hours, you were on board with him staying as manager. I, cl- probably closer to nine hours. <laughs> and that was until it wore off. It's us, nine hours. And probably probably about euph- seven of those hours I was asleep. Right? <laughs> within, I woke up and went, nah, what is head. <laughs> yeah. What was so I now? thinking? Yeah. And we did the same with Wenger after two cup finals. but And it seems in that time, your owner again had come out and said, if he wants to be here next year, then sound. <laughs> he can stay on. It's because he loves to make bad decisions. David Gold is um, obviously not with us. So we've recruited his daughter to the board. So the Gold, Sullivan, Brady movement to be out is back on again. <laughs> I mentioned this to Luke the other day, actually. I saw a comment about it all. Um, Shall I, we do this? I don't, don't agree with the comments, but there was a, a guy on Twitter, obviously... Quite, quite an older gentleman stuck in his ways oh, no. who said, oh, shouldn't bring women into business. Women are bad at business, which is not true, right? Aside from Karen Brady, it's not true. Oh, you got 105 million. For, she was supposedly the one negotiating I'm, it. I'm sure she was. It's all going into her pocket. Um, 
But the reply to the to the bloke who's gone, oh no, women are bad in business. Is well, you realise David Sullivan is the one who runs our our glove at the moment, so he's literally the worst owner we can have. So yeah, I think I, I do get it that he's won a trophy. If he's going to stay, he needs the resources, but he's not going to use the resources wisely. And we've seen that the last three transfer windows. I saw multiple people calling for Tom Skinner to be your new technical director. So maybe Bush. West Ham fans <laughs> as a group aren't best. As and we dearly agree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'd rather see him on the touchline than David Moyes. <laughs> as it stands, Moyes is going into the season with midfield depth of Lucas Paqueta, Thomas Suchek, Flynn Downs and Connor Coventry. I'd never heard of Connor Coventry until about Sounds three like days ago. Name <laughs> Sounds like a footballer. He's the classic born in East London, plays for Republic of Ireland. Is <laughs> <laughs> he like a Mark Noble regen? Exactly. Yeah. Well, he, That's what he Flynn was... Downs was supposed to be. <laughs> he told us that last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor Coventry. My, my favourite memory of Connor Coventry is in a pre-season game, taking a boot to the face, tooth has come fully out and oh. he's there like touching it going, oh, there's a gap. Plays on. Nice. As hard as nails. Nice. How much do we know about this new technical director? Like, Who is likely to emerge as the victor in this power struggle? If one has to go, are the boards siding with Moyes or the new guy? It's going to be Moyes, isn't it? Because that's the easier way out for them. It's, to how, has, is it just well, a short contract he's on? Or, or is he... Be honest with you, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. But in terms of... When I say easier way out, okay, if, if the technical director's on a short contract, that might be the easier way out, but with how much hatred there is for David Moyes, it's going to be easy for the board to just go... <laughs> hatred. Well, well, there is. There is a pure know, hatred for him. Do you know it does I mean? seem mad. He's like, just a trophy and I spent, hate it. I spent, since, since Rice left, I spent the whole time worrying that we were going to have Aaron Cresswell as captain. And now he's not with the squad. <laughs> you don't have to worry he's, about that anymore. He's handed in a transfer request. And then he was complaining to me at the weekend that he's leaving Aaron Cresswell. <laughs> what, purely from a squad depth point of view. <laughs> I'm not upset about Aaron Cresswell not playing for West Ham United again. Um, That's for sure. So... Southampton wanted around 40 million for James Ward-Prowse, but West Ham wouldn't go above 30, which I think is the right decision. I'm, you yeah. don't you don't want that man in your team. Steetson's been looking for cheaper players in Europe. He's understood to have been blocking players. Moyes was happy to just go all in and just pay the 40 mil straight for JWP. <laughs> You've had un- unsuccessful attempts to sign Palinia, Conor Gallagher, were quoted 45 million from United for Scott McTominay. We know that a bid has gone in today for Harry Maguire for 30 million, which has been rejected by Man United. Thank fuck. That bastard club. <laughs> that they're still in talks. So I, I did see those rumours of a double deal yeah. for McTominay yeah. and, and Maguire, but the only stumbling block was Maguire's wages. So. so they say that you're putting these bids in. No one at the club's actually spoken to Maguire yet about the move. <laughs> <laughs> It's the blind um, leading the blind. <laughs> really is. West Ham are interested in Broher from Chelsea and Balogun from Arsenal. Feel like if you wanted Balogun, that might have been a fairly easy one to negotiate. You'd have thought six weeks you? ago. Watch you at the table. <laughs> yeah. What What's the expectation for this season? Like the end of last season, it was kind of framed like we know this wasn't good enough. We'll be above a relegation battle next season. Now going into it, I put money on you getting relegated I on am Friday. Sh- absolutely bricking myself for relegation you know we we were so poor all season there weren't even like times where we go do you know what yeah we've put in a couple of good performances we were just dreadful the whole time so to then lose the only player that sort of held us there Paqueta wasn't firing straight away 
he's looking much better than what he was when he first started. But then to lose Rice, not replace him, be four days before the season starts and not sign a single player, I am genuinely worried we're going to be relegated. But we're going to win the Europa League, so we'll be relegated and have Champions League football. <laughs> Two more questions before we get on to uh, predictions. How many goals does Antonio score this year? So, this season? Nine, a uh, push. Okay. Can't um, give him double figures. And are you at a stage, no. do you, are you going to be upset if he leaves now? Are you going to be well, glad if he leaves? He doesn't want to be there. He wants to either be in Saudi, where we rejected a bid, which... For free, to be fair. <laughs> if the, the bid was, I think, 10 million. Oh, okay. Or 11 million. I thought they wanted him free of charge, no, which is what I saw. 11, 11 million, which we rejected. I don't know And what. that was probably from David Sullivan looking at it going... All these other Saudi players are going for like 30, 40 million. Why are we only getting 10? Um, we do need someone to play up front. Yeah. Well, and it probably would have gone a long way. I don't want Danny Ings out there. It probably would have gone a long way to keeping Skamaka if you'd got Antonio out earlier and said, look, our trust is in you now. And that's, that's, but that's the fear. More, I said it before when I was on with, with Steve and that was transferred last year. Um, He's, he's just got his favourites and it's so frustrating to watch because we've got youth players which are playing well. Um, Mubama, who did pretty well in Europe, all things considered, looks like he's going to be in the first team now. Um, and I would rather him starting up front than Antonio and Danny Ings. But Last- he's just too interested in his flipping podcasts instead, isn't he? And you summed it up perfectly. I can't remember which pod it was on. When you say he's going on these podcasts... Like he's a retired footballer. So you've got to go back to this on Monday. What are you yeah. doing? And by the way, bombing Skamaka and keeping him, I know that, that sends out a great message. The worst <laughs> business, yeah. Wait for Skamaka's podcast. But I, I don't think Skamaka wanted to be there. I mean, halfway through the season, he was doing interviews saying about how much he loved Jose Mourinho <laughs> and he loves Roma as a club. Yeah. And now yeah, he's yeah. gone to Atalanta. I, don't, I just don't think he was ever made for it, was he? Last yeah. season, you introduced the world to Flynn Downs through this podcast. What Who man. should we look out for this season? Well, I, I'm Connor Coventry. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think Flynn Downs is going to have a much bigger role to play. I thought he was... There was rumours of him leaving, wasn't there? There was rumours of him leaving because, um, when the McTominay one was like really popular. Um, I, I think he's going to have to... Again, because of the amount of games that we're playing, the amount of tournaments that we're in, I think he is actually going to have to step up and Moyes is actually going to have to bite the bullet and go, fine, do you know what? I'll give someone else a go here. Um, but I think the only people we can look out for are potential signings that we're going to have because we've got nothing. <laughs> I feel like Ian Beale. Like, there is nothing <laughs> in this squad of any value. Can I used play to get excited about Ben Johnson. Now I don't. I'd rather <laughs> he just stayed on the bench. Um, there is no one that excites me. Ben Rama's built himself up a bit. And this is a, another thing that bugs me. When he first signed for us, he was full of flair, doing all of his tricks. And you could tell David Moyes has pulled him to one side and training and gone, I don't fucking like that, mate. You stop that. So he, he's bulked up a little bit. But now he's bulked up a little bit. Everyone's Can't going, run. he's fat. He is not moving how he should be moving. You know, Bowen's... The Shakira trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's um, get your predictions because we've got uh, another batch of people due through the door very shortly. Connor, will go to yours first. <laughs> Hey, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who's your top six, Connor? In order? Yep. City. I have gone Arsenal second. Um, Liverpool third. Chelsea fourth. Goodness me. 
Newcastle fifth, United sixth. Oof. Bottom three? Luton, Sheffield United, Wolves. Top goal scorer? Haaland. Bold prediction, which he told me changed, by the way. I have. Yeah. What was it initially? Initially, I, I said Chelsea was going to score double the goals that they did last year, okay. which still wouldn't be too, no. too out there. <laughs> um, my bold prediction is West Ham to be Brighton at least once. <laughs> First manager sacked. Moyes, hopefully. A team that will perform above expectation. I've gone, Chelsea, I guess. I, <laughs> well, yeah, I've gone Villa. Um, I think with some of the signings that Emery's making, I think they're going to have a successful run in Europe. Won't be the first claret and blue team to to win the Europa Conference League, but you know can't all be winners. I do think I do think they are going to put a shift in across across all tournaments. Speaking yeah. of that, Mike, sorry. <laughs> um, team that will perform below expectation, Spurs. Player that will have a breakout season. I'm going to have to say Edson Alvarez because it looks like it's the only person okay. that we're going to sign. I'm going to have to back something of West Ham. Aren't I can't be Slide completely that negative. Mike over to Jack. Jack, top six. So I've got City, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle. Jesus. Yeah. Bottom, bottom three. Everton, Sheffield and Luton. Don't know why I pronounce it with a TH. <laughs> Luton. <laughs> hey, Luton. Top goal scorer. Uh, Harland. Hard to look past him. Bold prediction. Chelsea to finish above Liverpool. I think that's pretty bold. I don't think anyone would really go for that. <laughs> don't neglect that, Mike. You and Connor. First manager sacked. Moyes. Topical. Connor's doing fist pumps for those <laughs> who are watching the YouTube stream. I've also gone David Moyes. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised. There was rumours he was going to be sacked no before the first game of the season. Um, team that will perform above expectation. It's going to have to be Chelsea if they finish in top four. Below expectation. Liverpool, second consecutive year outside top four. That'll probably be yeah, what it is. That's tough going. Player, tough that, going. player that will have a breakout season. Um... I think Conor Gallagher, I think he's going to be the marshal of that midfield. Is he not had his breakout season? He's had his breakout season and he's gone, he's reversed. No, nah, he's getting, um, I think he's going to get 15 goals and assists this season, which for Chelsea is He well. may well do. I'm still not sure that's a breakout right. season. I would consider that a breakout <laughs> season. Right, fine, Chukamenka then. Again, okay. yeah. similar. Nice. Underused last season and the pockets that he was used to look brilliant. Don't understand why he wasn't used more. And again, for the just the fact that we won with the bare bones, I think Chukamenko. All right. It. Well, uh, we'll bid farewell to the pair of you now. Brad on next, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Next up, we've got Brad in the house. We see him more than we see Jack these days, actually. And uh, with Jack's lateness that we've just had, look, you never know. You may have a new job uh, sometime soon. Um, we'll start with Man United. Anana, Hoyland. Mount Johnny Evans through the door. Simple question to start, Brad. Are Man United a better side than they were last season? I think you've got to say, yeah. I mean, I've probably not seen enough of Hoyland, like I mentioned last week, um, just yet. But I think goalkeeping-wise, Onana's, I think he's probably levels ahead of De Gea in terms of the way that Eric Ten Hag wants to play, isn't he? So I think, I think for us, or for me, I think, yeah, I think we are a better team. I mean, I still think there's something missing, but what that what that might be, hopefully it is Hoyland um, and he can be that difference. You can even pick up that mic if, if it's easier. I don't know how easy or not that'll be. <laughs> Bit of a contraption of a stand. 
David De Gea won the Golden Glove last season, so the defence wasn't really an issue. When you lost, you really lost, but... Yes, they did. <laughs> a pragmatic approach served you well for the most part. You scored less goals than everyone else in the top six and eight of the top ten. What changes next season? Is the system going to change? Is the back line going to move up? How do you go about scoring more goals? Well, I think last year we kind of played two sixes for the majority, didn't we? We played Ericsson alongside um, Casemiro. Um, I think this year he's obviously brought in Mount thinking we can probably play two eights in the games against teams that we may have struggled against last year. I looked at it earlier and I think we we got 48 out of 57 points um, available at home, yet we only got 27 out of the 57 possible away from home. Um, so it's going away where you probably want the likes of Mount to be putting that pressure on, that, that counter-press, and then going from there and just punishing teams straight away, um, which I think he'll do a lot more than Ericsson would have last season. Rio Ferdinand told us a takeover was imminent back in May and it must have a different <laughs> meaning up in Manchester. We had gripes about our ownership about five years ago. Cronky out was regularly chanted at the Emirates, but we spent some money and that's part of it. But we also started winning games and then it faded pretty quickly. I think I saw some of the Arsenal fan accounts, like the aggregators doing like a happy birthday Stan Cronky on their page, which you would not have seen. No. <laughs> How like two years ago I would say without uh, just a barrage of negativity in fact now the people that do say Kroenke out if they're kind of challenged on it like okay what do you want to change there isn't really an answer with United then are the Glazers still going to be a big cloud hanging over the start of the season or is there a world in which this becomes secondary to what's going on in the field if you start well enough I think to be honest even when we were playing well last season the couple of games I went up to the Glazers out chance were still were still rife, rife then. Like there was no there were never regardless of result, it never really like calmed itself down. So I think the genuine Man United fans do want the Glazers out, and I think we all do, to be honest, because they are I know what they all say Oh yeah, but they're spending money every summer. That's always gonna happen with this club the size of it is. But look at the debt they've actually brought into the club. That's, that's the reason that the, we want it out. The it? thing is whether outsiders fans agree with it or not, and I think we probably largely disagree, they've made their mind up. Like, it isn't changing. Like, it doesn't matter what you say to these United fans, they aren't. It isn't going to change. It doesn't matter if they win everything. It doesn't matter if they spend X amount of money. It ain't going to change. So that's why, and especially now that they're flirting with a sale, it's, if that then gets pulled away from them, there's just, yeah. It, they're kind of like that person who like you've decided you dislike and now even if they say something funny you're not laughing because you're like I'm just so sick of them everything they say I disagree with and that's the glazers now with them because they couldn't they couldn't appease United much more in terms of like, United spending has stayed consistent it's not like it's dried up even with this takeover looming normally you'd go right I'm not going to spend any money now and it's still spent big this summer so they've already made their mind up it's the closest thing I've seen to um, the Wenger out stuff since he left because that just became a thing. People just said it when you would go in and around the Emirates. It was just a thing, just regardless of we were winning games, we were losing games. I mean, you would flick on the WWE in, and there would be a match in India with someone wearing, having a Venger out t-shirt in the front row or a banner or it would be the darts. There would be, 
Glazers out has almost become like a funny thing people just chuck out now, mainly to wind up United fans. And I think the way that this takeover has been sold like a transfer saga, the way it's been constantly imminent, you know, we're going to have a new bid, there's going to be a decision in this couple, of, it just doesn't work like that. And I think the worst thing that happened for United fans was the Chelsea sale because it made it look, because of the circumstances that there were, that these things get done in weeks Quickly, and yeah. it rarely gets done in months. Yeah. Well, I think we normally get drawn into a transfer saga, don't we? This year we haven't really got into one. Um, we've identified the targets they want to they want to buy and they've, they've done it relatively quickly for United. Got rejected by that keeper today. <laughs> the Suzuki one. Yeah. But he, he said, he, he's come out and said that he wants first team action, doesn't he? And he said he's probably not going to get that at Man United, which is what he's... The context doesn't work quite as well as like this <laughs> Japanese keeper has decided he doesn't want to join Man United after a bid was accepted. You're just so. stopping at the headline. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. We don't do enough news of the week these days. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think that was uh, the reason behind that. But yeah, I think this is like our season-long transfer saga is the takeover of the club. <laughs> take over the club. And if the Glazers are or aren't an issue, is Harry Maguire going to be? He was booed again yesterday during a pre-season friendly in Ireland. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know. They rejected I, another bid today, by the way. What was that, 26? 35. 35? 30, 30. All in? Jesus. I don't know what they're looking for here, because... Yeah. But they, you surely want to get leave. his wages off your wage bill. That would be the first thing. The fans, unless they haven't really got a target that they want someone to come in as that fourth choice centre-half, but then why would you want to buy a fourth choice centre-half? Johnny, oh, yeah, Johnny well, Evans is probably going to be the one who plays in like the Carling Cup and FA Cup games. My, my real question is, does Ten Hag really want to sell him? Because if you ask any Arsenal fan, do you want to sell Rob Holding? Most are going to say yes. If you ask Arteta, would he rather bring in a, another fourth choice centre-back or would he rather have Rob Holding? I feel he's probably pretty sound with Rob Holding. And Maguire is 10 times the player Rob Holding is. I don't think you're going to find a better fourth choice in the league than Harry Maguire. So Ten Hag, I, think, I imagine he's probably quite comfortably the way whether he... Because it's not... If Maguire was kicking up a stink in the dressing room, then I would even get it then. But it, that doesn't seem to be... He seems to just quite be moping around a bit. But Yeah, I mean, obviously, didn't sound happy about having the captaincy taken off him. Whether Ten Hag's worried that that might create an issue... I think that's potentially there. It's whether, yeah, if the booing or whatever carries on, they'll have to sell it because it just becomes a bit of a circus for not a lot of reward. For, if he's your fourth choice centre-back, you don't, you don't need the hassle. Rob Holding isn't getting that. Even even with Xhaka, it happened literally like the once. I think most fans realise not the most productive thing in the world to boo the player and then expect him to play well. If Maguire, they say, looks nervous on the ball, <laughs> he's got a mistake in him. I can't see that booing him is yeah. going to improve that. Yeah. And they booed him after a mistake, didn't they? It was, he made yeah. a mistake yesterday and then they booed him. The Anana one, I would say the last couple of games have said, maybe Maguire wasn't quite the only issue that you had to deal with in what, in three. You've been chipped, you've been lobbed from the halfway line, you've been bicycle kicked. Maguire should probably be shouting at you. Yeah, to be fair. I don't know if you've watched the whole highlights of the goal on Saturday. Dallow's misplaced a five-yard pass by five yards <laughs> to Varane. It's going straight to the striker. And then Onana, who is always going to be off his line because of the way we're going to try and play. Dallow is better than Ben White. I can't believe it. Wan-Bissaka has been offered a new deal today as well. I know you're a big fan of him. <laughs> to be honest, 
defensively against good wingers, he's say re- it really the, good. The best but defensive fullback in I've, the world. I've never said that. I can hold my hands up and say that I've never said that. But Who was it? Someone came out and said he never gets beaten. I was like, never. Probably That's, Rio. Seems hard. Yeah, probably was. Might have been a Bonlehor. I think. I remember him saying something about. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. Because he did a combined United <laughs> and Villa, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it was supposed to be an obviously. You know, he's going heavily in favour of Villa and making some ridiculous choices. But in there, yeah, he does say Wamba Saka because he just, he just never loses one the ones. Well, I think sometimes he does. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I don't mind it as a backup, but I probably wouldn't have him as my first choice. But I also don't really have Dallow as my first choice. No, no, you need I, a better. I think you right probably back. need another right back. Yeah, definitely. Like some. Can my grandpa play fullback? <laughs> No, hey, no one needs to see that. A scientific experiment, see if he can bomb down the right hand side. Guaya Martinelli in a race. I'm saying he is not. not I'm saying he's not a worse crosser of the ball than Wambasaka. I'm saying it. <laughs> Were you happy with the style of football last season? Results are one thing. Would, is that the kind of football you like watching? There wasn't really like a a style as such, was it? It just sort of, it just seemed to be like we just find a way to get through games. A bit ad hoc. Um, I like the thought of Ericsson playing in a deeper line midfield role when we're playing against teams that sit back naturally because he's over the last 10 years he's probably one of the one of the best players at picking out a pass. Um, I don't think anyone would argue with that. Um, but there wasn't really many games. I think of the Chelsea game where we they were just really poor that night. Um, we didn't really control that many games I don't think. I don't think there was a, com- like a complete style. Let me pull you up on that. So I've been saying for a couple of weeks, to me, that midfield still doesn't look like one that can run a game. I don't see anyone in that midfield that can put their foot on the ball, slow the game down and control an opposition. What does Mason Mount bring to this team that Ericsson, Fred or McTominay didn't? I think it's more the counter press, isn't it? I think Fred was okay at it I think Mount's better and I he's think on the Mount- way out and he Fred this week pardon Fred's on the way out this week yeah so is he going Saudi I think he's going to Turkey jeez yeah so Fred just seemed to be a bit erratic with it and Mount's better on the ball than Fred McTominay he just seemed to be brought on when teams started loading the box really more than anything just to defend set pieces although he didn't do that so well at Stanford Bridge because he gave away a penalty um <laughs> Ericsson, Ericsson's better on the board, doesn't give you the legs. So Mount's probably the combination of Ericsson and um, Fred for me. If you if you had to lose one of McTominay and Maguire, which one would you rather lose? Maguire. Okay. McTominay seems to be his stock yo-yos. He, he builds it up and then he does something to bring it back down and then he'll have a good game for Scotland. And then we'll... He always he's, scores he's, for Scotland. He's a, decent, he's a decent player, he is. and. Mm. I had a dream like midway through the summer that we signed Fred and I've been trying to justify it in my head ever since just in case it happens. <laughs> I don't think there's any risk that Arteta goes for Fred, mate, to be honest. I didn't think, but I didn't think we were going to go for Havertz, to be fair. So I'm, <laughs> He's had to work all, out all the whole summer. Yeah. How can I justify this one? What I are think, your... Oh, go sorry. on. I think with McTominay, it's just one of those, like he'll... Maguire, because of his... Not lack of, but he just looks out of place sometimes when he gets a ball and you're thinking you've tried buying a ball playing centre half and then to look out of place on the ball with McTominay he's come through the academy he's always been known as this work hard midfielder and he always does that like 
he'll always give you exactly what he says on the tin. It's got a similar sort of stock as Lingard had, hasn't it? Where even when the United fans probably knew this poor guy probably isn't good enough for us, we appreciate he's come through the academy and like you said, he always works hard, doesn't yeah. he? At a minimum. Yeah. At a time when... I didn't realise how old he was, much like Lingard. Yeah, exactly. After the season, I came on and I was like, he's 26. Yeah, what? yeah, <laughs> exactly that. United won 80 million combined for McTominay and Maguire. Yeah, that's... I don't know where they're getting that from. They reject no. 30 for... I think 30, 30 for they want 40 They want 45 for McTominay. That's what they quoted West Ham. What, I think... 35 for Maguire. That seemed- West Ham have made a bid worth 60 for the pair. Like, I think that's fair. I think 30 million pounds for the both of them. Yeah, fair game. Because Connor's just messaged me to say... That's outrageous. He was right all along that... No, Connor Harmer, the, the best deal for West Ham was giving Rice plus... Asking for Rice... In exchange for forty million, Maguire and McTominay, <laughs> he maintains that was the best deal that West Ham could have got. Yeah. And he's saying they could have had those two and still got Alvarez with the money. So, mm. I'm not sure I agree. Early expectations for the season. What is a good season for Man United? I think top four and a half decent run in the Champions League. If you win a trophy again, obviously it's a nice to have. We were just really fortunate with the draws we got last year, weren't we? (laughs) For the Carabao Cup. Um, Sure, that won't happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't historically happened for you. Five home draws, please. (laughs) Uh, Is it Reading again or fucking Wigan or whatever it is you get? I think mainly top four again. We've got, we've brought some young lads in, haven't we? So Hoyland especially, I think he's going to have a season where he gets gets used to the Premier League first and then well, he, Hopefully he takes off the following season for me. He got nine in Serie A last season. What are we expecting for him? Because it seems very different to when Pepe joined for 72 million and what the numbers he was supposed to put up. And I've already seen before Hoyland has kicked a ball. Look, don't be expecting much first season. He's a young lad. 73 million, the price tag. How much was Pepe? Uh, how old was Pepe? 24. Four? Yeah, see, you're in your prime then. You <laughs> yeah. can't be delivering <laughs> more. Immediate maybe younger. I think he may have 23, but yeah. Um, yeah, to be honest, he, doesn't he play, or didn't he play second fiddle to Zapata there? Though? I've, yeah, you're, you're, I was hoping you'd have a better answer than me. I'm thinking if you're being spent that money and he plays a season as striker. I'm thinking 10, 15 goals minimum problem. That's what I'm expecting. 10. Uh, t- I wouldn't ask for much more than 10. And I'm only, that's like what I apply to my striker. So. <laughs> That's why you want your striker to be a press monster, though, and let Saka and Martinelli get to take the glory. Let's move on. I to think l- one of the things with them as well is they're probably one of the only teams this year where I'd probably say maybe a development in the style. I think Ten Hag probably came in with a certain philosophy, realised with this group of players, I can't do that. And I, I like I said before, I like that he was pragmatic and worked with what he had, but now he's moulding it more to his style. I think yeah. you'd want to see a little bit, like you said, a few more games where you know, it actually control the game you yeah. go this is how we're going to look to play over the he, coming years he came rather out. than kind of it felt like week by week they were figuring it out yeah. which they did because they gave top four so and one trophy he, got to another final so it worked pretty well a journalist asked about that and he poured water on that pretty quickly he said Man United have never played that kind of football we play quick counter-attacking football and that's what he wants to bring in he doesn't want to control games he said I'm not saying no I'm not saying he has to be like Pep but I would say it probably does have to be a a brand of it was like this is a Ten Hag team. You have to be controlling games regardless against like the bottom. Yeah, six yeah, exactly. Teams, don't you? Yeah, I'm just repeating what well, he he seemed offended yeah, yeah. that that was kind of posed to him that you know are you going to be dominating the ball more this year? Said, even with the like, the cup semi against Brighton, I don't even necessarily know that that's the wrong way to play Brighton. It's probably right, but 
it did feel like proper, we're just going to defend, defend, defend and hope for an odd chance. But you know, you're a bit better than that. You can kind of play at them a little bit more than that than just kind of hanging on for dear life and nicking a goal. I saw something raised recently with that game, which made a lot of sense that I believe United played them very shortly after Everton had beaten them 5-1. Unless I've got that the no, wrong way around. we played just before Everton beat them 5-1. Okay, so my whole point's gone there. So. <laughs> you look devastated by that. Well, because the argument that people are saying next season, if they weren't aware of that already, teams are going to say with Brighton, I think we, ain't, we aren't going to try and press you. Yeah. Just don't even worry about us having the ball. And I think Everton, to be fair, had four shots on target that day and scored, uh, and scored all four of them. And then they spammed a couple late and got one in. Hmm. But ignore me. We'll go on to Liverpool. Dominic Sabozalai, Alexis McAllister through the door, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho... Roberto Firmino, Naby Keita, James Milner, Fabio Carvalho, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Arthur Mello out of the door. If you showed that to Klopp on the last game of the season, do you think he'd have shown up for pre-season? <laughs> <laughs> he'd have probably seen if he can get a move to Saudi as well, wouldn't he? Jesus. He wouldn't have known about Saudi in uh, the end of last season. <laughs> he might, you know, they could, have had a word. they could have got in his ear going, go on. In the trade, in the trade they knew. Yeah. After Chelsea, I actually think you're the toughest side to predict for next season. What are your expectations at this stage? Yeah, look, when we when we had this pod lined up, I did think we'd have an actual holding midfielder in through the door. <laughs> I would have met. Yeah, I didn't think an injured Bacic and then Curtis Jones filling in at six was going to be how I thought we are going to start, line up to start the season. You creeped that lavia bit up today, so you yeah, must be which- keen which everybody knows will be rejected. It's I mean, already been rejected. Yeah, so that's, what a pointless exercise that is. They increased it. I, I believe they didn't even increase the base fee. They just added 2.5 million add-ons. I mean, that's not a serious club, is it? I mean, it's, yeah. I'm so. glad this is being said because uh, a lot of the same accounts that were asking me like I was doing the transfer saying, just pay the money for Declan Rice. You know what they want? <laughs> and this is less than half the price and yeah, Liverpool yeah. are creeping up. You must not think there's any competition, which I would worry with United and Chelsea in the market for the same type of midfielder. Yeah, then today, obviously, Chelsea have been linked quite strongly with Tyler Adams, aren't they? For it. And then United are talking about more Amrabat, Amrabat aren't yeah. they? Which both would be, what, about half the price of what love is supposedly. So it makes sense. Still, yeah. I don't, United I don't get 80 million in for those two players we just spoke about. Exactly. Chelsea's still got money burning a hole in their pocket. So I don't think we should rest on our laurels. And also, like, do like we do need a player through the door and give them as much time as possible. Like throwing them in just before a season, there's no, I don't know, there's no tangible benefit to doing this. I don't. And also, if you think you're going to save some sort of money here, <laughs> there's one. It's five million pounds supposedly. So if he's your guy, then five million pounds. If he's not good enough, then he's not good enough, then is he? If you don't think he's worth an extra five million, then he's not going to be good enough to improve your team. Take care of the pennies and the pounds yeah, take care of themselves. Yeah, but if you get him in earlier in pre-season and actually sort of get him into the team, that could be the difference between winning the first couple of games or not, just on the basis of how quickly he can integrate. Big and at game. the end of the season, what, if you're fighting for fourth or fifth, that could be the difference between Champions League or no Champions League. And then all the money that that would generate for you compared to haggling over this £5 million. Pounds. Is there not a like, way in his head that he's thinking, why don't they just not, like, Southampton have made it 
abundantly clear that it's 50 million. From his point of view. Why are they not just paying the 50 million? From his point of view, I'd be going, do they actually rate me? Yeah. And then if another club came in, I'd go, well, maybe I should go there because maybe this club doesn't want me enough. The reason I asked specifically about expectations is because I think on the last day of the season, you, I know you fell away the last couple of games and hmm. that can happen. Um, <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I said to Liverpool play, Liverpool fans, I think you're going to finish fourth next season a lot of them would have been offended. As in, you don't think we're going to challenge... This was just an off year. We're the people that can challenge Man City. And that was the expectation I Hmm. seemed to see online that we're going to show you how it's done next season. I I didn't see any saying we're going to go and win it next season, but it was, we're going to be back up there competing with them. It wasn't that we're going to be competing with United and Arsenal for Newcastle for these places. Now... Liverpool fans are as negative as I can remember them being since the middle of the season where it was just just end the season now, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you still had the season before to say, we were good, so we're going to bounce we'll get back. get back to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, what was the question? within the- <laughs> what, what are your expectations at this stage for the season? Like, what do you think Liverpool should be striving for? Yeah, because I've been pretty much on the record with how hot I am on Lavia as a player. So if we had got him in, I think I would have been feeling fairly bullish because I do think the starting 11 then would be nice. I like our attacking options. I think we've got some depth there. We've got a few problems depth-wise at the back and in midfield, but I'd like the starting 11. So I think we could, keeping people fit, touch wood, I think we could have been certainly in the early days up there challenging and with an expectation that maybe we might fall away a little bit, but much better than last year. Um, and comfortably in the Champions League spots. Whereas now, I well, I don't know what the expectation is. I don't have a clue. No, well, because I like that we got Fabinho out the door for that sort of money. I think he was declining. He wasn't as bad at the end, but he was pretty bad for the whole year. So I think we need more legs in midfield. We appear to have got that at least a little bit, but an actual six is needed. You can't just go, unless it's, and Sabozlai, you go in there and just create havoc and we won't, we'll forget about defending because that's what cost us a lot last year. Remember, not last January, the January before, that whole January we were getting players and players and players out the door and I kept saying, well, we're obviously going to replace them with someone. So <laughs> yeah. I was so excited for deadline yeah. day and then we didn't get anyone in. Yeah. <laughs> that was, so I, I have to think your excitement for Fabinho out the door was as much that no, we're going to get someone else in. Like the excitement isn't usually as much about sacking the manager. It's who's can it's who's going to come in after. Yeah, and it feels a lot like that. So I'm surprised the club are doing this. We've heard Poch talk about completing his squad this week. I know Klopp's has spoken about similar before. For me to look at your squad as a complete squad, not the best squad you can have, but all areas covered. I would say two midfielders and a centre back. Yeah, or a right back that can cover in the middle. Hmm. or centre-back didn't cover and then I would say you've at least got the tools to compete with I'm not to win the league but you've got I don't see that one injury is going to wipe your team out so to speak so I think you're still going to be light either way just Lavia would your starting 11 would then be as good as I think most in the top four yeah I, I still yeah I still think you should get the Lavia one over the line I do think that starting 11 is it's not going to be. You can't say as good as City, and I do think Arsenal have upgraded with Rice from Jackman to Rice, so probably still just behind there. But I don't think it'd be far off. I really don't. I think 
attacking wise it can do something I do wonder about how are we going to work it out defensively working out a new system whoever comes in in the holding role is going to have to learn this and learn it on the fly and if it is Lavia he's obviously an inexperienced player people crying about the lack of Premier League games he's had but also saying we signed Caicedo for double the money yeah. going one we're haggling over five million pounds so we're not going to spend a hundred million on Caicedo well, like two time. slightly different type of player three got a similar number of Premier League games as Lavia I think it's like so, 20 to 25 between them and it may not even be that so it's yeah so uh, the people the people who were slagging the Lavia bid because some people are saying why are we even signing this guy he's not even better than Fabinho I'm going to suggest I'm not going to hammer them for it because I'm going to suggest they didn't watch enough Southampton last year, but Southampton fans probably wanted to watch less Southampton last year. So I'm not going to go too hard on no, you. I, I, but he was, I thought he balled out. And if you ever wanted to watch a game to show it, I thought the Arsenal game. Yeah, I can't get that one out of my mind. Where it's like, that's, I don't know, for a 19-year-old kid, you weren't great, but I thought the way he bossed that game. Well, it was, it was. Um, you see a lot, and I, I love the NBA interviews where, they talk about, you know, I chose specifically that I'm going to get on this guy. There's mm. a great Shumpert um, interview he's done recently where he apologizes to the world for allowing Steph Curry to become a thing. He says <laughs> he's playing at the Garden the night that um, Steph scores 50 and he starts shit talking a week later. And he said he tries to take Steph Curry. Raymond Felton's defending him. And Felton basically says, no, back off. And he says... I should have just stepped in. I should have just made that my matchup, go 1v1 with him, and I could have spared the world from <laughs> Steph Curry. Lavia seemed to very personally say, Thomas Party, yeah. you're my man. I'm, I'm cooking you and today. And he murdered him yeah. for the game. I was, I tweeted after that. It was the, the disgrace of what it was, and it was like I'd been to a funeral that night, so a lot of emotions <laughs> were coming out, but... Yeah, that one, we were linked to him earlier in the summer. And I think we had other priorities. And look, we may look at the end of the season and say the 65 that we spent on Havertz, we could have spent on um, Lavia and mm. asked someone else to be more expansive or whatever. Yeah. You can't get away with three sixes, though. No. So, but I'm just, yeah. at the time it was, we were going to get Havertz and Lavia and Party was going to go the out. Pies off, yes. Liverpool went on an 11-game unbeaten run towards the end of the season. And I think I know your answer from what you've just said. Was that the real Liverpool or were you playing above your level during that period and what we saw the rest of the season was, that's Liverpool now? Yeah, because we we were definitely significantly better. We'd obviously tweaked it with the Trent starting to come into midfield, hybrid role. The teams you played. You changed, yeah. But, you know, the context of it, some of the games in there as well were narrow wins and... Like the, we spoke about it on the last segment, but the draw with Chelsea, apart from the fact we were fucking awful, they should have beaten us with the amount of missed chances they had. It was just a dreadful game. So we had a few games in there where took players out to play us at the weekend, <laughs> which was nice of you. Yeah, them draw as well. What did you, you beat them in the end? They beat them three two, but then at the same time, all, all we remember of that is the winning goal and how well they played in the first twenty. Yeah. to go yeah, three because it looked like we were going to cook them the one, and then oh shit they're back in it the one I've seen people use as a reference point as maybe a worry was the West Ham performance where I I was at the City game that night but yeah. I hear you got away with one some decisions and just sure. not being at the level but you're not going to play well every week say if we, if we could have just got through games and gone on an unbeaten streak then things might have been different sure. I just don't know how much stock the club the fans are placing in that. 
It seems to be, look, we prove what we can do. You saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem to be, it did create some optimism, didn't it? Um, I don't know. Because I, I do think we're going to, we were quite a Jack on the Hyde team last year. Klopp himself said he didn't know what was coming from one week to the next, which is always good to hear. <laughs> um, I think we're going to be like that in games this year. I think we're going to be, again, providing we do actually bring in a whole I think in the, in possession on the ball, I think we could be a lot of fun to watch. I think we're going to cut some teams apart. I think this situation with Trent coming to midfield is going to catch the eye. Players like Sabozlai and McAllister, I think, will be good pickups. But I still think we're going to be so open to play against. And preseason has been hard to tell because we've mixed the team up a lot. But that's been the story in preseason. I think it's going to be the same again. That in transitions we can get easily caught out. And again, with a group of players, you've had to rebuild an entire midfield who are all figuring this out. I just don't really know how you can be anything but defensively open again. Some questions to get through before we get on to Spurs. I will say that anything, everyone's talking about needing a left-sided centre-back. And whilst, to go back to your thing of needing a complete squad, I do think they're looking at that a bit short-sightedly because they're going, you need a left-sided centre-half rather than Robertson. But that will become a four at times. So you do need that player to still be able to go out on the left. And so having a left-sided centre-half, whilst when it becomes a three is ideal... Do you think when it becomes a four, that's asking a lot of someone like that, if you're shifting yeah. him out, then out wide. Yeah, the only person that seems to be really adept at that is Nathan Acker. Yeah. He seems to be like the perfect but guy. Akanji might be as well, so they've got two of them. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Not fair. in Kivio? <laughs> Maybe he could be that guy. I'm Timber. But yeah, so whereas, where that, on, in paper, Robertson should be perfect for it. He should be able to fill in sort of both. He's going to get up and down where he needs to. You need someone basically quick in there. Yeah. But look, if you could have like a left-sided Canate, that'd be great. But if you could find a left-sided Canate, everyone's going to be in for him and we won't spend that money. <laughs> how how many of the 20 teams in the league this season do you put five or more past? Yeah, I reckon half the league. I think we can do that too. In, in one game. So you reckon... Yeah, I, I think we can, gonna, but, but yeah, yeah just, but just, I think that feels there's every chance it. they might get yeah. four, four or five themselves. It's like but. a clock cycle. You're like back at the start, and you have to work through it. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we expecting from Darwizzy this season? It's a big year for him, isn't it? Um, I think most excuses will probably be off the table in terms of he kind of got a tough time early on, but then I think there was also a realisation that, okay, he's clearly raw, give him some time, certainly from Liverpool fans. And I think even outside fans, outside of maybe some with a bit of an agenda, I think we're fair, fairly reasonable that, okay, let's see what he can do next year. This is that next year. My worry for him would be, I do wonder if he's actually going to end up getting the game time to justify he started it. started a lot of pre-season, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's been, he's looked good. I just wonder if times get tough, I think it's such a more natural fit for Klopp to put someone yeah. like Gakpo in there that I think it becomes very difficult to resist for him. And even Jota, you know, who's kind of weirdly almost forgotten. But if he, and again, stays fit, you know he can play that role through the middle. Uh, so again, it's, if Diaz stays fit, which a lot of fans seem to assume, they've just gone, it's going to be great to have him fit again. It's like, don't do this. He's going to have an ACL. With him and Salah down the sides, you're probably playing for one position. Unless Darwin does look good off the left again. But if Diaz looks good, you're not going to play him there. So I do wonder if he's going to get the game time to justify the fee. Let me go through some of these and we'll do our predictions and Spurs. Um, 
we hear a lot about quality over quantity in all areas of life and the transfer market especially. At what stage does it become a quantity over everything as Liverpool's transfer window drags on? Well, just getting a body through the door. Yeah, which yeah. happened last year with Arthur. Just didn't quite pan out. Exactly. Five million, ironically, so you could have said that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It feels to me like they'll either fumble the bag on the Lavia one. I think that gets done. Or they'll get it done, but I don't know that they'll do anything else. And so obviously if they fumble it, they'll get someone else in probably for cheaper again. Maybe alone. Who just isn't going to be good enough. Uh, so yeah, in which case you are leaving yourself short. You are opening the door to injuries could wreck your season. Maybe last season was all a ploy from Klopp just to prove his point that Man City will now sell to you. Because he said when they sold Jesus and Zinchenko, he said they wouldn't sell those players to us. <laughs> and so you fall off enough, you come fifth. And then he says... Throw us a couple of players, Pat. Yeah. Cheers. Laporte and, uh, I don't know, Calvin Phillips. So fucking Timpot, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm normally... I don't really like most of the criticism of the club and the owners. I normally think... I normally think, where the hell are your expectations coming from for some fans? They sometimes think we're going to spend X amount. Like going into this window, I saw people saying like, well, where's this £250 million war chest we were promised? Like, <laughs> well, I think we created that. I don't yeah. think anyone said that. And then you're always going to be disappointed if you don't get it. But I do think we also did know there was going to be a rebuild and you're going to need to, and with the money recouped from Fabinho and Henderson, yeah. which was unexpected, I don't think it's unfair to think no. You can go out and, and sign a player. The Lavia one isn't like ridiculous money. If it was Caicedo or something, you'd be going, I can see why a hundred million pound player the club would be scared about. But to get who presumably is going to be a starting midfielder, you're going to have to spend around 50 million. You, what, what do you think we're doing it? Yeah. Van Dijk is the new captain. Your boy Richard Keyes accused him of hiding, not being a team player. Is he the man to lead you forward? I think it's the only choice, isn't it? Apart from anything. I, I do think people are overlooking the role of Henderson and Milner's leadership will take into account. I think people probably do too often watch it almost like it's a video game and go, well, Henderson and Milner simply aren't good enough now, so get rid of them. But if you watch any, even stupid things like you watch, like a training video or whatever, Milner must be an absolute dream because like the coach is setting out the session, but Milner's almost running it. So he's setting the standard for everybody. And then obviously in the COVID games, we saw how sort of vocal Henderson is yeah. and how much he's organising it. It will be a quiet team, I think, if you look at it. And that would be the concern. Van Dijk, Van Dijk can't do that. He's not in the midfield no. as well. So I do I do wonder how that will impact things, especially as one of the things last year was when it all unraveled for us, it tended to unravel pretty quickly. And now you kind of look at that team and go, if it all goes wrong... Who's there to stop the bleeding? I don't really know. It's we're just going to be an absolute carnage team. Yeah, right. have you not got good and bad. Massive worry of three players that have probably they're not even going to have a chance to play with each other before probably the second or third game of the season. This is it. In yeah, midfield. Like most right, people, go and play together. Yeah, most people will rebuild with like, and none of them are that experienced really. Like last season, we obviously moved in Ericsson and Casemiro, both really experienced like players, but we didn't change the the whole three where you're changing all three at once yeah 19 year old Sabozlai's early 20s McAllister's Sabozlai also we're also assuming he's going to play that midfield role didn't always do this role that much last year for uh, Leipzig. Leipzig often played wider so we're often going to, we're going to be playing him to do something he didn't really do Lavia in a new system 
with Trent coming into midfield, he's not going to play that too often at Southampton with all due respect. So yeah, you're asking a lot. Of, and I, I like all the signs. I think I would like that midfield, but you're just asking him to learn it on the job. And I think there's going to be some teething issues that it's probably going to get a little bit messy whilst they are learning it. Any potential um, for Gakpo to go and play in there? That's the other thing. I I wonder if you might have a situation where Sabozlai individually is looking great and you can't really drop him. He's catching the eye, but we're conceding a lot of goals and people are left scratching their head what's going on. And as a means of trying to bolster the midfield a bit, he maybe brings someone like, I don't know, Curtis Jones in. I don't know if that's bolstering it, but I think he might try to do that in that role, push Zabozlai on the wide right and then bring Salah in, inside, which again goes back to my point with Darwin. Well, where does he end up then? Because he's not going to play there. You'd have Salah up top and maybe Gapper behind if you did or whatever. So Let me uh, just ask you this. We've got about 10 minutes. Um, last season, Brentford sped up my United's transfer business. Is there a chance that Chelsea could do the same to you? Can Chelsea put a hurting on you in the way that Brentford did to United? The thing is, it sounds awful. Like, if you could promise me, yeah, that'll get them going, then I'd go, you know what, take the pub in from Chelsea and uh, force their hand. I don't think it would. I just don't, I don't think we're constructed in the same way as United. I think United, I think over the last few years, have ended up making signings, reactionary signings, wants to appease the fans, PR moves. I think we've kind of shown we don't really care that much about that. We're not going to do it because the fans... Are... And the problem is, they've largely been proven right. Like their cautious, careful approach has been very successful. So they're going to go, well, why would, why would we change that? And it's the thing we always said about, well, when clock goes, you're going to take away a big reason why this has been a success and the owners are still going to think they can operate in the same way where he's sort of plugging the gaps that their model doesn't really work on. It's potentially happening quicker and before Klopp leaves. But it's, there is also a, you know, there's a middle ground to be found. It's not just like every move can't be a bargain. And you can no. you can kind of still, when we needed to, this summer we brought in Alisson and Fabinho. It was a transformative year. And that was when we went big. It's the only real summer where you went, yeah, that's a statement summer. And they seem to have moved away from that. I thought we've got to be almost too clever for their own good. They're reading their own press or what, but it's almost like we've got to be the ones that gets the bargain each time. So sometimes you've got to, you just got to spend the money that's there. And I still think, I know I'm a bit too hot on it maybe, I still think the Lavia business will look like a bargain anyway. And I think people are talking about it as over the next five years. I think almost immediately he will improve the team. People will look at him and anyone who's doubting it, I think, would eat their words because I think he's a lot better than people think. And he's also well, going to be a starting midfielder if you'd like to think eight to ten years as well. Potentially. So yeah. or you can you're, you're effectively spending five million a year for yeah. Yeah. a player it's, that's going to be in the middle of your park it's, for so long. It's to the point where you almost wonder what, what is going on in the background with that deal because I just don't understand why the hold-up. Let's do our predictions. Uh, if you look on, like I'm twitching, that's, uh, that's what it is. You do look a bit nervy. Clock's, clock's ticking. We've got a little... Uh, Cycle of people coming in here. Top six, TK, I'll go to you first. Give me your top six. I'll get, I'll get all your predictions first. Okay. First, the arse. Oh, God. The community shield turned you. Second, City. Third. And considering I was just unremittingly negative, this is going to look <laughs> odd. But Liverpool in third. Okay. Man United in fourth. Newcastle 5th, Chelsea 6th. OK. 
Okay. Bottom three. Feels a bit grubby because Connor did this as well. Luton, Sheffield United, and Wolves. Okay. Top goal scorer. I treated this as a like a betting without market. So Harland's out because what are we really gaining from yeah. us all saying Harland? Uh, so obviously, totally unpredictable, Mo Salah. No, I, if you wanted someone slightly out, I know people have been talking up Isaac as a contender. I think he might get injured too many times to do it. If you wanted like a rogue shout, I think someone like Ollie Watkins could be the next guy after because I mean, he'll get enough game time at Villa. I think Emery will get the best for him. So if you wanted a slightly rogue shout, if we're taking Haaland out of the betting market, I'll put him in. Bold prediction? Bold prediction. Poch is at Spurs by the end of the season. Oh, I like it. I like it. First manager sacked? Poch. <laughs> <laughs> no, much like yeah, the lads earlier, I do think Moyes, but I think Lopetegui will be the first to go. I think... I. I wouldn't be surprised if we have like a Martin O'Neill style thing with him. You know, where he left Villa like three days before the start of the year. I think any day now, Lopetegui is going to tell Wolves, I'm out of here. In your Poch scenario, has Poch been sacked or does the Spurs job open up and he says, I'd rather be there? Because that... That, that would be incredible. Yeah. But no, no, he's he's sacked. It's not quite working with Ange. They make the punt. Poch and, Poch and Spurs, and I guess Kane and Spurs, is like the, uh, the Pina Colada song. You know, when the song is basically about two people who try to cheat on each other but fail. That is what Poch and Spurs have done. They've tried to cheat on each other and just end up back together. Team that will perform... Oh, sorry. By the way, realistically, with the first manager sat, every year you could just go for, like, the Sheffield or Luton manager. They're like the guy in Love Island who you forget was in. Goes out week two, and then when they do the best bits, oh, Paul Heckenbottom, I forgot about him. Have you seen Sander Burge is taking all this time and now he's leaving that they've come back up? (laughs) Burnley are signing Sander Birch. Nuts. <laughs> Great stuff. A uh, team that will perform above expectations? I think Bournemouth will be okay. better than expectations. I like their signings. I think they're like the third favourites to go down. I think they'll be fine. I don't think they'll have any problems. Team that will perform below expectations? Because of what we've come to expect from them, I think Brentford. I think they're really going to struggle. I think okay. people are talking like, ah, oh, it's not going to be ideal with Tony not being there, but they'll be okay. I think they're in a relegation fight. And player that will have a breakout season. I'll put a load here. Um, you got to go lab here. I thought you were just been talking about. He's had his breakout season for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did think that. Not like but- Jack. Jack picked Conor Gallagher for a breakout <laughs> season. By the way, the bloke who had it what two years ago at Crystal Palace. But he could have, let's face it, an even bigger yeah. season. He said, think- "Was it fifteen goals and assists?" He said, "Yeah, that's bold." <laughs> I didn't. Um, I do think Musa Diaby. For okay. Villa is a is a nice pickup, um, and I'm saying that he flops. I think I think that's a pickup. Uh, he's already kind of had it, but I think Gibbs White will have a stormer of a year, and a big club's going to spend some stupid money on him next year. All right, I'll rattle through mine. So, top six: City, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Newcastle, Spurs, Chelsea are in my top six. I think nice. One preseason game where they look flashy against Brighton has turned a lot of people's heads, and they're still spending money outside of their starting eleven, which is insane to me. United, I think they're going to try and lock things up again. I think they're going to try the high line thing. Anana, I probably should have asked you how many more goals Anana concedes, but I think they're going to revert to type pretty quickly. 
when Anana in his what, first press conference after playing at Old Trafford is having to say, I don't give a shit what other people think. Not a great start, that. That was uh, a wild interview. Yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Bottom three, Luton, Sheffield. I'm praying on Everton's downfall. I'm praying they go down. And I want Mopay to still be there when they go down. So I hope crying. that guy doesn't leave. But no doubt they'll stay up last minute again. I mean, there's some dross teams. I mean, you know, sometimes you might think someone's like, unlucky to go down. There's going to be a collection of teams that are very lucky to stay up. Like, out of like Everton, West Ham, Wolves, like, I two of those cl- one or two of those clubs are going to be staying up going like how the fuck are we still here I think Fulham sure, get so dragged no into it no easy game in the Premier League right? <laughs> I think he may be wrong on this year I think Fulham get dragged into it this year as well they look yeah wild. yeah yeah I thought he could potentially be first manager to be sacked I just thought Moises got so little yeah. credit in the bank with the fans he'd probably go uh, top goal scorer Haaland bold prediction as Jacques Star comeback suggests it's at the same team I think Harry Maguire's stock come the end of the season is no one's no one's criticising him. I still think right now he starts for everyone outside of the top four, top five in the Premier League. But are you saying he mounts his comeback at United or just elsewhere? No, so okay. that's why I, I changed the phrasing of it. Yeah. yeah, No, I, I don't think he has the opportunity at United, but I think by the end of the season, I think his stock is incredibly high. Okay. Also, I think outside of the top five, he starts for everyone. I think he starts for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Fabian Shaw, if you asked people who's a better player, Fabian Shaw, Harry Maguire. Maguire and Botman. Nice. It would be a nice partnership, yeah. that. I think he starts for Spurs. I think he starts for Chelsea. If you, I said a year ago, if you offered me Thiago Silva or Harry Maguire, who would I take? It was Harry Maguire then, it's Harry Maguire now. <sighs> First manager sacked, David Moyes. Team that will perform above expectations. I've actually gone Brentford, and I think, <laughs> and I think because of the Tony thing, I think Thomas Frank's going to keep them in the top half with uh, Tony there, and they finish what tenth with him. So I think if they can finish in and around that without him, then yeah, he's done above expectations. Below expectations, Brighton. I don't see how with the extra games, I think they're going to lose Caicedo. They're going to get a bag for it and they're not going to be able to replace him in the same way. When you get to a certain level, you can't keep replacing players in the same way. It's why Arsenal, United, Liverpool don't adapt the same model that Brighton do. We're trying to. It's not yeah. going so well. And player that will have a breakout season, I think Mudrick. Yeah. And now I may have been charmed by that Brighton preseason. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say. I just think being that fast in this league, that powerful, I don't know that you can fail. Also the chat about him coming in, we thought, oh God, this guy's going to be legit. So at some point, we've got to see what else about, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Can't be as yeah. bad as he was. Because I think the way we describe Mudrick, probably the way you describe Ollie Watkins. <laughs> so, excuse me. <laughs> the success that, no, so I'm, you, you're very down on him, but his traits, it's true. He's, well, he's having a successful career in the league. So. I did just said he could be the next top goal scorer, uh, uh, Ollie Watkins. So I, was, killed my I, didn't, I didn't like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that I was saying it because you are right. I, I thought we were going to cover a lot more teams, uh, but we've, got a lot more in depth on some of them so we've not got to Brighton for example we'll have them on plenty of time to go in there if in they the pick up that kudos that's a I mean yeah he, he's waiting to see where else he can go yeah. I think <laughs> Brad let's go through your predictions to uh, close things out maybe have a quick chat on Spurs Brad top six I changed this three times today um, I've ended up with City Arsenal United Liverpool Chelsea 
and then Villa. Where were Arsenal? Second. Okay, I thought, sorry, I thought they were lower. I'm sorry, they were. No, City first, Arsenal second, United okay. third, Liverpool, Chelsea, Villa finished sixth. I, but I was closer to having Liverpool fifth than I was third, if that does anything on what I think of your It all season. counts. I, uh, <laughs> I, had, I had Liverpool ahead of United in third, and then I looked at their squad depth and think, if they've got an injury here, then <laughs> yeah. they could be. Yeah. Connor Coventry be would get in the Liverpool midfield depth. <laughs> um, but this is like, this is calling back to part one. So if you <laughs> that start, he wasn't here for. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> like, the listeners can go along, this is a good one. It's like, <laughs> clue. if they reference like Fast and Furious 2, in Fast Five, it's like if you've hung around this long, you've got that little that little comment. Peep Show does that well. Um, bottom three, Brad, um, Luton, Sheffield United, and I think although I agree with what TK said about Morgan Gibbs, I think Forest go down. Okay. Oh. Top goal scorer. Um, well, Harland, obviously. Um, if we're betting without, then I'd probably have to go Kane if he stays in the Premier League. Bold prediction. I thought it was bold to suggest that Spurs finish outside the top six, but <laughs> going on what you do, yeah, your bold predictions and your top sixes, it's probably not that bold, to be honest. Um, that's all right. First manager sacked? Andoni Iriola. I think Bournemouth struggle. And then looks, have a, I like what I hear about him. Team that I think they struggle and then get a revival with a change of manager. Team that will perform above expectations? Is Villa finishing sixth? Above expectations? They were my close, net closest in below expectations, but I wasn't really sure what expectations yeah, were. Yeah, <laughs> that was my worry with them. I think most Villas fans would probably say they sit around mid-table. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about them next. If they come say if they finished above somebody who you'd yeah. say they shouldn't finish above. Yeah, so. Spurs, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chelsea. Team that perform below? Um, I'd go with Brighton. And um, Newcastle, because I don't think they've had, they've added as many players as I thought they would. In this. We're about to get to them. And a player that'll have a breakout season? Uh, I've put Garnacha, but then you'll probably say that his breakout was last season. No, I think if he has a big season, I think that's a breakout one. Because... He's obviously broken in last year, but... If he has a, like, what, a sustained just period. Just Saturday, just how lively, how direct he is, I think. I think that, that cup final is probably a big moment for him. I think coming on like that and looking as sharp as he did, sort of being United's hope, I do think that's a big right. moment. Yeah. I think I, I think I just want him to adapt to playing on the right because I think Rashford will naturally now go back to the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoyland through the middle. So if he can adapt to playing from the right, I think we'll have no no choice but to play him there. All right, I think we'll add Spurs to our last segment. So uh, cheers, Brad, for uh, coming on. And we've got uh, Harry and uh, Jordan on next. So uh, adios. Moving on then to Arsenal, we've got Harry back with us, been on before, Newcastle. We've got Jordan Lovesy, first time on the pod. Let's start with your Community Shield winners. Spoke a bit about it earlier, the uh, guy I was sat next to, but not the game. Durian Timber, Declan Rice, Kai Havertz through the door so far. We think David Raya is going to be following them. We got our first glimpse of all three of them in a competitive game yesterday. Lovesy, I said a few weeks back that our season could be made or broken by the signing of Kai Havertz. Given that we've put 65 million of our budget towards him, that could have gone on someone established in, I guess, whichever position Arteta wants him to play in. On top of that, his reputation from Chelsea. What did you think of him yesterday? I thought there were some positive moments. He did obviously have the two chances, which he probably could have done better with. Um, I thought his hold-up play was really good. 
I thought the way he linked with with Saka and Martinelli was really good, especially Martinelli and Odegaard. To be fair, um, yeah, he's sort of a big physical presence up top. In terms of being able to hold the ball up, I think Gabriel Jesus is one of the best in the world at doing that job. And I don't think he looked that bad. I don't think he looked that, that out of place. I think Kai Havertz can probably do that job also. Um, obviously, he's not been brought in to, to score 20, 30 goals oh. a season. I'm not even sure if he's been brought in to play that false nine role predominantly. So um, I thought he did really well yesterday. Like I said, phys- physical, physically good and linking up with the other players, which is all you can really ask for in pre-season. So yeah, I think really positive. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised. Um, I mentioned his performance earlier about a Chelsea fan on West Ham fan and TK and you're kind of giving me a bit of a look when I said I thought he played all right yesterday. I don't think if we were playing City, then I don't think he decided up top. I think it was, we went long quite a bit yesterday and I thought him six foot four was the reason. I don't think Eddie could have done much better than he did, which I don't know what you think the bar is there. I liked the, there was a couple of times where he pressed and nicked the ball off the midfielder, which I thought was you want nice. Not always what you associated with him at Chelsea either. I thought he showed good desire there. I think other than Timber, he won the ball back more than hmm. anyone else. and Set the tone for you a little A couple bit, of like. times, he, he pinned the centre-back and he took the touch and he swivelled. Like, I was at the end where, that we had the penalties down and, and we didn't have much to cheer in the first half. But the moment he pinned one of the centre-backs, took it on a turn and slid it down to Martinelli. It was as big of a cheer as you had in like the first 25 minutes, mainly because I don't think anyone thought he had that in the locker. Mm. I think, kind of like Jesus, and we spoke about this, like when he misses chances, when you've brought him in, we knew what we were signing before we brought him in. And so when he misses big chances, it's like, can you really criticise him for that when you knew that beforehand? Like you weren't buying him, as you said, to score 20. I think the second one, he could do better with of the two chances. The first one, the ball's behind him, but I also don't think the ball can get to him if it isn't played behind him. But then his first interview, one of the appeals he said of joining Arsenal was that he wasn't going to be a striker anymore. And then... Hayes' injury might have forced your hand a little bit as well, isn't it? It's, you might have to go up front where you would have wanted to play him in midfield. He may end up having a run up front, just needs must. I, I know Eddie... I know, um, I'll tell like Eddie, but he might do. I didn't consider it an option until on the day when I saw um, like one of the tweets say that he was starting and then it suddenly, okay, he must be up front then. I think Trossard would be who I would want up there yeah. over over Eddie. And I think it was just because we were playing City, basically, that he started. Yeah, I, I didn't think he had a bad game. I had to mute my phone. Jack, every time he had a missed touch, missed pass, he was like, you'll get used to that. <laughs> Used to that. <laughs> he's going to be your new William. He's just going to, every time he does something wrong, he's going to. Seen, I'd like to say I've seen more from him in one game than I did with William, but he had that hat trick of assists on yeah. his first game, and it was I don't know, okay. We got Maybe a decent player. Here. I, yeah, I think it, it's a bit difficult with Havertz though, because I think um, obviously he's been brought in for a lot of money. There is a lot of sort of skepticism around the move, um, and I don't think, like you say, he's not really nailed down. He's not going to nail down a position. When he was first coming in, I thought he was going to play sort of the left, the Jacker role of last yeah. season. Um, but with party staying and Rice obviously taking that up yesterday, I'm not really sure where he's actually going to figure. But I guess that's why Arteta's brought yeah. him in to, to play a number of different positions, maybe not just focusing on one. Yeah, first first couple of weeks. I think it'll be interesting to see. I still wouldn't be shocked if Eddie starts up top against Forest. Yeah, makes sense. But it may, it may have just been yesterday... I thought some of the team selection might have been a bit of a crutch because... We've lost a Man City. I think they said it would have been the ninth time in a row yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought we might make changes first and it would have been like a, 
if we lose now, it's preseason friendly kind of thing. And I think when it got to 60, 70 minutes and it was nil-nil, it was kind of like, well, we're here now. So, and the energy seemed to shift in the in the stadium. Like, well, actually, we want to go and win this now. Especially we had a couple of chat. We had like 10 minutes, didn't we, to open the second half where we were on top. And when it was, we didn't score. And you thought, okay, I can see where this is going to go. And then the collective kind of grown when we went a goal down. Okay, people do want to win this. And the City fans, I can say, they wanted to win that as well. Very, The way my phone was different at 1-0 down, it wasn't a pre-season friendly then. And then Arsenal <laughs> won and it was, well, they're celebrating like they've won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, did they not see Guardiola celebrating yeah, yeah. the first goal? We, we were behind that side and he was stropping the whole game. He wasn't happy with, um, I think, the kicking of Ortega. And in the, their midfield, I thought, was functional yesterday but they never felt we were in that much danger they weren't playing through us at all Harland I don't think had a shot no you limited him well yeah Um, I feel like Timber had one of the best debuts I've seen from an Arsenal player like he was insane yesterday considering he's playing left back and that looks now to be like more of a bargain by the week we're going to get on to Newcastle when you think Livermento coming off a ACL less than a season of first team football and Timber well played at the World Cup won whatever with Ajax he looks good he can play centre back right back across left the back back line yeah it's not bad because I think composed on the ball as well he, look, yeah. he plays like an, an attacker yeah so yeah, yeah he, he just looks so confident when he's got the ball he's always sort of moving around fainting um, yeah he just looks so confident for someone who's fresh to a, a, a new side it gave an option to kind of be Zinchenko without Zinchenko there as well like you last season he was out and we just didn't progress the ball through midfield at all with him in there that felt us on his weaker side that little um, like fake turn he kept doing where he kind of dummies the ball and then shifted it past he looked ridiculous and then the second he goes off I mean Tierney <laughs> I felt a bit bad after I tweeted that um New Jack City where he's got to shoot him at the end like you might have to take you on back here what's like two minutes he was on he has a dodgy touch should have cleared the ball and then gets wrong footed for Cole Palmer to cut inside you text me before the game to say not a good look for Tierney that Zinchenko's out Timber's playing on the wrong side basically ahead of him I we think yeah. yeah we saw a lot of that last season though really with Kivio going out there I think at one stage you had Tommy Asu playing the Liverpool back. game and yeah, he was yeah. insane <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you can't really knock Arteta for making these decisions I think um, before last season I thought Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney was probably one of our most consistent players if not probably one of our better players he, was, he looked like a we all thought he was going to be captain yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's, it's a bit weird how it's ended up but I guess the one thing is with Arteta, you can never sort of plan the next two, three years. He's always looking to make improvements wherever he can. Look at the goalkeeping situation. I thought yeah. Ramsdale's been really good. And I think we all thought Newcastle were going to come and pay for him. And then I think he got injured in the th- in that international break and maybe Newcastle thought, maybe that's not the best way to put half our money actually yeah. on. No, we've got money, but come on. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a... Yeah, liability in terms of injuries. I don't know what our expectation is for this season. I know personally what I think. I feel like everyone kind of says they'll believe it when they see it if someone can topple Man City. At the very least, I do think we have to be leading that pack of United, Liverpool, Newcastle, Spurs and that again. I I don't think anyone can seriously say, like I've had some messages saying, you know, it was a fluke last season. You can fluke a couple of games, you can't fluke. 90% of a season, like the way we were playing, whatever. But people say, 
teams will know how to play Arsenal this season. I think after, what, 15 games, you had a pretty good idea what we were doing, that we were pretty good at doing it. But then you, if with the signings we've made, you do have to kind of put your foot down now. And I do think we've improved as much as anyone else. I don't look at United, Spurs, Liverpool and say, well, they've improved enough to jump over us now. So we have to at least... We also can't let Man City run away with it. So it's... Uh, You've got, at least got to do what you did last year, haven't you? Yeah. Where you were, I'm not saying you have to be top all year, but you've got to be in or there, there or thereabouts, haven't you? I think there, that's the minimum expectation for next mm. season. And I think we want to be a bit more competitive in terms of the other competitions as well. Hence why he's brought in so many squad players. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think it would be enough to go out of the FA Cup in the third or fourth round no, this no. year. No. I don't think it'd be enough to go out in the League Cup early. I think he'd want to get to the later stages of the Champions League too, as well as competing for the Premier League. And I think we've got the squad to do that now. So there's not really many excuses in terms of that. I don't think you can ever say a team has to win a trophy, but at the very least be up there and competing for it. And I think, yeah, I think that's Some of the people that have said like, uh, you know, they're not going to cope next year playing two games a season late in the season. So you're basically saying we're going to do well in the Champions League if that was the case. Because we were playing until April last season and then Ramsdale got lobbed from the halfway line. (laughs) (laughs) And that was very much um, like a Klopp Carabao Cup, like, we don't really Get want to go through in this. Yeah. We just took two hits in the meantime with uh, Saliba and Tomiyasu in that one game. The thing that I think is a little bit worrying for Arsenal. Um, don't say like, that. I think. <laughs> oh, more yeah. <laughs> no, other they can't deal with anything else. I think other than Man City, I think they are head and shoulders better than everybody else in the league at the moment. And so what's the worry? I was, <laughs> the, the worry is, is that you, you admittedly you won the game, great result, but I think at one point you had like sixteen passes and Man City had, I think it was two hundred. And one of the big questions I had over Man City is, have they got rid of few too many key players considering they haven't bought a massive amount in so far? And yeah, obviously they lost the game, but they have dominated large parts of that game still. And I I do think that you will be title contending again this year. And I think if anybody has a chance of winning the league over the city, it is Arsenal. But I think they have shown that the levels are still there, despite the fact that they've got rid of several key players. Well, I think the reason, I think yesterday was more important for us than it was for City because we did have to put a bit of a marker down and say, you ain't just going to bully us every time. I don't like that Arteta kind of chills with Pep before these games. Players, you're not, it feels very Roy Keane. The players are going to do it now. Like Carl Walker was dapping up Ben White and Ramsdale. I don't need Arteta and Pep hugging in that pre-game. We spoke about it so much of last season Arteta was comparing us to Pep and we were going into games you know this is the level you've only got to play them twice a season we played them off the park which sounds ridiculous when they beat us at home I said the stat which ultimately is meaningless in in comparison it was the least passes ever completed by a Pep Guardiola side and we lost 2-0 uh, 2-1 3-1 3-1 3-1 yeah <laughs> so get two draws against them we would have won the league last season if we'd uh, if we'd done that. We lose the league by five points in the end. So, I think it impressed me yesterday because although, like Harry said, they had a lot of the ball in the first half, but we limited them to zero point one xg, which I thought was outstanding. When you when you've got a player like Haaland and De Bruyne, obviously De Bruyne didn't play much. 
Um, and that's without Zinchenko and Jesus as well. Yeah, exactly. I know they yeah, were out yeah. without De Bruyne for the start of it. And even, like I said, even though that they did, we didn't have much of the ball, we still created chances. I think our XG was 0.7, so much closer to... <laughs> much sure. Or have it, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Declan Rice, like, although the price tag is going to be used against him and every interviewer now says, I don't want to bring up the price tag, but it's basically <laughs> bringing it up. In the same way that, I mean, we've used it against Anthony, Mudrick, Pogba, I thought that him being in a defensive position would make it harder for that to be such a thing, given that his game isn't dictated by numbers quite so much. The last few weeks have told me that isn't going to be the case, but I don't know how he's going to... He seems to be dealing with it quite well at the moment. Yesterday, I thought he grew into the game. I thought he... Martinelli was making him look bad yesterday because his first touch seemed shaped. Like the passes that he was fumbling didn't seem like bad passes from Rice. And I didn't feel like I was being a kind of protective, like, you know, we got to big up our guy. I think Havertz actually is benefiting from, like you have with Darwin, everyone else is saying how shitty he is. And so Liverpool fans kind of rallied around him. Yeah, yeah. I thought with Havertz yesterday, I thought it might be some negativity, but it wasn't really. But I saw people very positive about him. And it's like, well, he's ours now. So we kind of got to back it. And that can turn within, if he has a stinker against Spurs or Chelsea or whatever. But Rice, I... He's going to learn. He's going to have to learn that position. And he seemed better yesterday. Later in the second half, we dropped, and he was playing more like a left six than like a left eight. And him and Party just alternated who was going forward. He said that interview he did about uh, he's looking at football in a completely different way now. He's having to learn. The, I think he didn't look that fit yet because he started his preseason later. So when he's fit, we're not going to play Man City every week. I think he's going to look very good and kind of slot in wherever we need him to. Yeah, and he, I think he acknowledged that um, he's learnt, I think he said the last three weeks, he said he's learnt so much about football. Yeah. And I thought yesterday he was quite confident, to be fair, in terms of, yeah, like you say, not having much of a pre-season and um, being in a in a brand new team, playing a, a new way of football. Um, so yeah, I think we can he can only get better, really. And yeah, hopefully he looks like he's taking everything on board. He's a fit guy. He's obviously a top quality. So um, yeah, a few months with Arteta and I think yeah. we'll begin to see the best of him. So you guys are saying you think Mikel's got better coaching than David Moyes. <laughs> Declan Rice said it. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think the energy is going to sh- shift or be the same at the Emirates next season? Because like, the half of last season, it was like, this is quite fun. We're at the top. Like at Christmas, it was, this is funny. We're at the top of Christmas. And then as the season went on, the kind of expectation came in and it got a bit edgy, like the Bournemouth game. Like You can feel the release of energy when that third goal goes in. I do wonder if it's going to be a bit more tetchy to kick things off rather than being the same kind of fun, like, you know, pumping from the get-go. It might be a bit wobbly if things don't go the way we want to kick the season off. Potentially, potentially. But I think there were periods last season where that could have happened. Um, there were, uh, I can't even remember how many games where we went actually went 1-0 down yeah. and the fans started clapping or the fans started cheering straight away yeah, yeah. which is something I've I've not really seen going to Arsenal games the Fulham one where yeah. Gabriel does it the own goal the Leicester, the Leicester well, one away, sorry, uh, yeah so. Saliba has the own goal I yeah. know but Eddie likes the most beautiful thing I've, I've ever seen in football <laughs> I think as long as you don't get off to like a disaster start I think you'll pick up where you left off with the sort of the feel good factor around the place because it only got more difficult down the stretch because it was getting tense and yeah, yeah. so the problem with you, you for your fans and the whole season is that we're really not going to know about Arsenal until it comes to like April time because you can start the season like you did last year 
and they go, this team looks unbelievable. But until you get it, you close the deal, because everyone's just going to throw that back in your face. We got Spurs and United at home, both early. Yeah, so. so if you win those two, everyone's, you know, on board, aren't they? I, I have tried to kind of cope all summer and say we didn't only lose the league because Saliba got injured. Seeing him yesterday, it was very hard not to think if he didn't get injured, we might, we at least have got a lot closer because he looked, that one where he takes Haaland down the channel and Haaland just turns back and says, no, passes it all yeah, the way back. Like Haaland beats him to the ball. I was like, I forget how quick Haaland yeah. is. Like, I didn't think he was making that. But yeah, like you said, he had that thing where he, people used to do with Van Dijk where they look up and go, I'm not going to run him. I'm not going to do that. Thank you. My main takeaway from that horrible, horrible evening at the Etihad was seeing him in person and he is just huge. <laughs> like He looks big anyway, but when you see someone stood next to like Gabriel, who's like a big centre-back, guy, like yeah. wide centre-back, and he's like towering over him. Scary. In the like first 10 minutes, he had that ball, and we had like four players around him, and you kind of got to do that. But hmm. if City are only going to play through him, which I thought the wingers yesterday were terrible, Grealish, he got pushed off the ball by Ben White once. He does that thing where he kind of stops and has a look around. Yeah, yeah. Who who has a better season, Saka or Martinelli? Based off yesterday, I thought Saka was quite quiet. Um, but in terms of going forward, I don't think you can really rule Saka out. He's been given the big contract. I know that's been a bit of a, a bad omen for Arsenal <laughs> players in recent years. Um, but he's on the big money. He's performing for England. He's performing for Arsenal. I don't think he can really do a lot wrong. The only thing that teams will probably be thinking about next season is probably more of a focus on him because of his goals and assists, his overall output. Um that might open it up a bit more for Martinelli. It might be a, more of a, a Martinelli. Um, Martinelli got 15 last season. If, if he, he needed one more to be the highest scoring Brazilian in the Premier League in one season, which Firmino has, and then he missed the last forward injury. Martinelli looks, he's like, he's not quite fit yet because he had that injury didn't the end of the season. It also depends how serious Jesus' injury is. Because yeah. you saw when Eddie came in the team well, last year, saying, Martinelli struggled to play with him, didn't he? Arteta yeah, seems to be insinuating he could be back in like two weeks. But believe that when I see it if he can be back for Spurs that'd be big because that new bat line they've got put some pressure on that and <laughs> Mikel likes to play a lot of mind games though of injuries he ne- doesn't oh. like to give a lot away does he the Zinchenko one he's been saying he's been going to be back in a few weeks for three months <laughs> he's playing a Ukraine game yeah. Oh, yeah I was losing <laughs> my head when I was seeing that last thing on Arsenal then versatility I think has been the key of this summer Timber can now fill in across the bat line. Havertz, both wide areas, up top and in midfield in varying degrees of success. Declan Rice is a six, as an eight. That was clearly the message going into the summer. I think, maybe do you think he said that to the team, that Jesus interview, that man talks a lot. Yeah, but him that saying, was an interview, didn't he? You know, injuries cause the season. I think he kind of just wants no excuses and he knows that we're going to be playing more games or you can't phone in a Champions League game in the way that those Europa League games, they're almost uh, to our detriment because we treated them with the disrespect that seemed the fans did, basically. So I don't know how it's going to go next season, but we've at least got options like Zinchenko out, Timber, Kivy or Tierney. The fact we're having that discussion, we didn't have that last season. No, definitely. And I think one of the uh, sort of the, the main criticisms of, our, of Arsenal last season was we didn't really have sort of a plan B or a plan C. And Arteta picked up a lot on it um, in the games against Man City when he talked about the different options they could go through. I think yeah. one interview he named about eight different <laughs> yeah. ways they could sort of play 
their formation, um, which we didn't have. So I'm glad now we've got more options and we can sort of mix it up. And I think this season you will see more sort of random inclusions, a bit a bit in the way that Pep did, yeah. Pep has done. Um, obviously, we've seen it a bit from Arteta, like like you say, with the Tomiyasu thing last season. I think, yeah, he has the ability to sort of switch it up and just go with a different plan. And um, I'm all for it, really. I think, yeah, he's, he's obviously a knowledgeable guy and he knows, he knows his stuff. And yeah, he's proved already to the fans that, he can get a team playing. So yeah, I'm all for sort of whatever Arteta wants to do really and how, however he wants to set out the team. Less the like, depth, when you looked at like the two benches for the Community Shield, like an Arsenal squad, yeah. you, you might take it. I think In certain areas, there's as much, if not more depth than the city. In other areas, they've obviously got weirdly a lot of quality. On but, the flank, like the right-hand side, because Arteta was asked, do you think, Ramsdale feels that he has to prove himself again and he said well no he's done enough that he doesn't have to do that but also you, if you're not expecting competition at Arsenal then you're at the Get wrong out. place yeah. Saka's really the only one that doesn't have it like he was buckled last season and Reese Nelson still couldn't get a game <laughs> when Saka was still playing the last game of the season it was like what is yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here but let's go on to Newcastle so Newcastle, they worked their way back into Europe's premier competition last season. They've added Sandro Tonali and Harvey Barnes into their squad. So Maximin is left for Al-Ali and Chris Wood completed his move to Forest. Now, I know for a fact that on the last day of the season, this was not the summer that you were hoping for. So we'll start with the incomings. I I went back in our chat history today. Oh, no. I've got you telling me your football manager side with Tonali and Bellingham back in September last year, so you didn't quite get that over the line. But in March this year, you text me, bring me my boy Tonali. On June 16th, you said, seen Newcastle link with Tonali today. I know it's not happening, but a man can dream. And things went up a notch on the 21st when you said Tonali was the man of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say, yeah. <laughs> Safe to say, you're you're happy with his signing because it it started out with Barella was the link, wasn't it? And then we shifted on to Tonali. I won't tell you which I would rather have of the two of those. It's a given, but it? I also think if you asked Newcastle, if you told them you're going to get one of these, I don't think they'd have been too unhappy with regardless whichever one they were getting. Yeah, I've wanted Tonali for a long time. Football manager legend. Um, <laughs> Even if you think Barella's better, it's the biggest sign and we've essentially taken one of AC Milan's best players, their golden boy. Um so it's a massive, massive sign in. I think he's I think he'll be very good for us. I don't know how long it's gonna take him to be very good for us. Um Italians don't always suit the league. I think um, Jorginho's the only one that's really stayed in it in the last however long. Yeah, there's well, not you're gonna say that. He's in <laughs> fact, <laughs> set the league alight, Jorginho. He's the Champions League a lot. <laughs> he's looked decent enough in pre-season. Um, I, I, doesn't look the player yet that we're hoping for, but I mean, he, he hasn't really done too much wrong. He's just been unfortunate. I've been memed early with that shoulder barge. Well, there was, an, there was an article today and the last time I mentioned Craig Hope on here to you, I think I was messaged by about three Newcastle fans saying, he's not a reputable journalist. Don't be bringing his name up on here. Yeah, he's a controversial figure. I was. I, he wrote an article on Tonali's preseason, and he basically said against Rangers and Fiorentina, he's the best player on the pitch. Against Villa, he didn't say he was bullied, but he was ran off the pitch basically by McGinn. I think Buendia was playing Tielemans, and Tielemans running you off the pitch. And it's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eddie Howe spoke after and said, you know, it's going to take a bit of time to adapt to the league. He's very much, I think he said, a combination player and he needs to develop that. Do you think the fans will be patient with him? And do you think Howe will be patient with him? I think Howe will. I'm I'm not 100% convinced he starts against Villa um, opening day of the season. He does love Longstaff, doesn't he, uh, Eddie Howe? Yeah, long, I stand by Longstaff had a great season. I, I wouldn't be disappointed. The only I mentioned the England squad and was I was cooked. I didn't say he should have been in it. I said he should have been mentioned. Well, with so many other people there that have been mentioned. My um, man, KDH. I, I can see us easing him in. Um, there's definitely been some positive signs. I mean, you look at that video everyone's seen of he goes to the ball, doesn't get it, and essentially gets flattened by the Villa player. He's he's pretty uh, right back on the six-yard box when, when the ball goes in. You know, he's he, he gets about the pitch. He's strong on the tackle. He's comfortable on the ball. Um, I haven't seen his attacking side quite as much yet, but it's early days and I'm not convinced that we've uh, put him in there to do that role as much yet. When you look at, he's had Elliot Anderson on the other side who very much has been the player oh, getting forward. You've got Villa opening day as well, I've seen. So it's weird. Some managers would kind of say, well, we ain't playing him in pre-season if we've got them that quick. I know there's a lot of money in these American tournaments and that, but... Yeah, maybe the Villa game's going to have put him off. I don't know how bad he was. Even the Chelsea game, I had a Chelsea fan text me saying Enzo Fernandez bullied Newcastle's new signing. And then I saw Newcastle fans tweeting that their 17-year-old had bullied Enzo Fernandez. <laughs> so pre-season is a hell of a thing. Yeah, well, that, oh, that's a side note. Lewis Miley looks... There you go, that's the, that's the one. You want to watch him, he looks... He, I don't think he's going to get that many Premier League minutes yet, but... Absolutely in the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, he'll be making appearances 100%. Expecting a big run there. Uh, you'd like to hope so. I mean, I think the goal always has to be to improve upon last season. So I think it's not outrageous for Newcastle fans to want to not embarrass ourselves in the Champions League, no, have no. a respectable cup run, and aim for a Champions League finish. That team talk that Eddie Howe uses in that Amazon trailer. I love it. <laughs> should he not have used that in the Carabao Cup final? We just <laughs> pretend that that's not the case. Because <laughs> he made those. Because the comments he's referring to are from the Carabao Cup final. I know. Isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah. The less context there is to that video, <laughs> the, the harder it hits. Because it gets me. I've watched that so many times. It gets me pumped. And we did beat him two 0 yeah. after that. After yeah, that game, was... so we just breeze past the. the Joe Willock. Joe Willock scored, didn't he? Or was that against Spurs? I can't remember now. I feel like Joe Willock scored. If in doubt. If he scored, yeah. then I know he did that knee slide. My guy. Best knee um, slide in the game. My man, Harvey Barnes. I've been bigging him up on here for a long time. I don't really want to cheer Newcastle on in the Champions League, but like I'll personally cheer on Harvey Barnes. 38 million. He, he wasn't the main man at Leicester, so I don't think we're asking the question of like whether his game will transition to a bigger side. We haven't spoken about Spurs. I was going to ask the question about how Madison's game will translate because he was everything went through him. <laughs> Feels like Harvey Barnes is one you're going to get more of the ball. You're in an expansive team still. The numbers should just translate and go up. If anything, two on his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, the, the the good thing about them is they weren't these forty yard screamers that you think. Okay, they come once a season. They were they were two goals that you he has could a few of them a season well, yeah but you know what I mean these were two yeah. goals you think I can see how you could replicate this on a regular basis he, I think he showed exactly what we signed him for I like Harvey Barnes I, 
it came at an unfortunate time with with St. Maxman leaving. Um, there was always going to be some upset. Um, Are you accepted yet that you've you've upgraded? I think he suits us better, but the issue is, I think you should be a politician. I think it. Yeah. I think it leaves us a winger short, in, in my opinion. Still, unless we're going to play Anderson as as a left winger, which I'm not against. He's very good there, but we seem to favour him as a centre mid. Um, this essentially means that if we, we've either got Barnes and Gordon as our left wingers and Almiron and Murphy as right wingers or Murphy's going to be backing up on the left with Gordon moving over to the right Murphy as good as he is I don't mind him getting Caramel Cup minutes he is one of the weaker links in the chain it would have been a lot nicer to have St. Maxman and Barnes as your options on the left because they're so different you see these um all these stats coming out and pretty much everyone that is top end green for Barnes is bottom red <laughs> for St. Maxman and vice versa because Barnes isn't really the man for take-ons and it would have been nice to have the option of both I think Barnes is going to get you the goals he he very much looks like he can get 15 plus goals and assists in a season for us um, I think uh, so Maximin was very good as being a shining light in a game you lose 2-1 whereas Harvey Barnes might be the reason you win 3-1 yeah, possibly. Um, but he is... I know we can always go back to... He doesn't have the the goals and assists, but he was, I would say, pretty confidently the best dribbler in the league. And I don't even think it was close. But it's not um, good when you're talking about a player and we say, and the moments you're referring to are, remember when he nutmegged that fullback and not remember when he put one in the top corner. Yeah, but I think where I think he's unlucky is... Well, firstly, if you actually look at some of the chances people squander that come from him, his assists... Should be high. This higher. is what he, Ertzel was dining yeah. on in the Unai Emery years. Yeah, he's, he's not a goal Chris scorer. Wood, Giroud. Is, <laughs> 17 million for Chris Wood, by the way. Is thing is, Forrest he's, Jesus, yeah. I didn't realise that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got, we got some good they, money. They, got, they still took a loss on it. <laughs> yeah, we, like, <laughs> when it comes to that, I just... Mine's been getting shifted for about £40 million pounds in this career. What's going yeah. on? I put it the other way around. I, I tell myself that it was £25 million on Pope and £10 million on, on Chris Wood. <laughs> That's how you say it, uh, it to yourself. But no, I think St. Maxman had... Uh, it's hard to measure where... He, he take about there is like a four. love for this guy. You there can is. see in his face where he's like, he just can't give up on him. Well, he, he takes about three or four players to tackle him. So that's not I something like, that's being measured. As um, an option to have, if you could have kept him around, I do think he's great. Yeah, because but just... I understand why it had to be him because we don't have many assets that we are willing to sell that's going to get us money. And I'm hearing because it's obviously our owners we've sold to for low money, but I'm pretty sure they slapped us with pretty much the whole fee up front which is obviously freed us up for this because how well, how said he wants another two signings whether we do or not but well, I'll ask you about I'll ask you about that now actually so Liveramento is on the way from Southampton 35 million when this story first broke we were doing an episode and it was 12 million plus Matt Ritchie was the initial offer what happened <laughs> <laughs> Southampton did the thing that they've done with you and said well, they name a price and stick to it. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really fucking annoying. Well, it is annoying that, and I know it, the way it works is we want the players. Like, we want 45 million for Balogun. Everyone's basically saying, well, we aren't going to give you 45 yeah, million for Balogun things, yeah. until we say, okay, we'll accept 35. Or Southampton are going, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're going to get well, 35 million for Livermento. I can't believe that. He's played two games since he did his, it was NCL, MCL, whatever it was. They've either had some 
big reassurances from his agent, his medical reports or whatever, or they just really like the guy. Or they must really like him. It's not the most urgent need. Sure. Or no, they've got no. they've got money. They've got a lot more money than everyone else. And like Chelsea do this, but if it works, why it works. not? <laughs> yeah. So I I like the signing. Um, he is good. You know, he, he's he is very a good, good. player. He and, um, good. He's just like Gordon. He's another one who's coming off the back of a good tournament. Um, and you can see the two of those look like they link together quite well on on a lot of occasions. So if we see Gordon as a style winger for us. It makes sense. So I'm happy with the sign-in as long as it doesn't come at the expense of someone we need more. We need a left-back. I can't have Mbappe on down well, the, for, the, in the Champions League. The thinking Eddie's is... Eddie's just going, you know what, let's see. Bit of fun. Let's just watch it. <laughs> well, both Livramento and Trippier have both played left-back. And so I guess the thinking is that one of them is going to be... It, it can't be Trippier. There. When you look at... I, I won't even go down there whether he's the best right-back in the league because he is, but... Oh, even the best at, English right back in the league. You, you look at the like chances created. Um, you look at how effective he is statistically in that that area of the game. It makes no sense to shift him. I think what you've got is unfortunate, and we have the same at the moment with the Havertz signing. Is um, you've been bad for so long that people now say because things have started to go right, you basically just have to trust what Eddie Howe wants to do. And so anyone that puts any criticism for the Havertz deal, it's like, well, if Mikel wants it, then we kind of have to do it. And so the idea is that Eddie Howe must know better. And Dan Burn, he, he does the Fortnite dance well. And <laughs> <laughs> the thing, I'm, I'm not as hard on, on Dan Burn as you are, because I do think he had a good season. Um, I think you've got to have some respect for the game. And six foot seven at left back, it's like... The, the issue is, is I, I actually don't know if we're going to we're going to change it because I think we like that we can slot into a back three and essentially allow Trippier free roam on the right. I think that's why he loves Armouron so much. If I'm honest, I actually think it's a big reason why we bought Gordon because Gordon brings a lot of what I think Armouron does, which is pace, presses well. Uh, he's willing to chip in defensively, which gives Trippier all his room. So I'm not convinced that we want like a Luke Shaw type left back mm. as much as I would love us to because... Uh, when he does get forward, and I've had to watch Dan Byrne and St. Maxman on the overlap. It's, <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many times I can watch that well, the, in the season. The game we played you at the Emirates, Saka had one go at Dan Byrne and beat him early on. And then Eddie Howe basically grabbed Joe Linton and was like, stand there. And the whole rest of the game, it was just basically two of them at fullback. Let me ask you, like it more. was a shock to Eddie that yeah. Saka can outrun Dan Bush. I'll ask you two more questions, then we'll do some predictions and I'll fire some questions out about the other teams in the league. Um, can Newcastle have a good season and still finish outside the top four? I would be disappointed if we... Uh, yes, if if we uh, if we win a trophy and say finish fifth, then I could consider that a good season. Um but I would be disappointed. I think we are good enough to finish. I, I, I don't see four teams better than, than Newcastle, if I'm perfectly honest. Saudis Sa- also didn't take over to get in the Champions League and then bounced out of it, did they? No. no. Once they're in well, the Champions they, League, they're there to stay. They need that Everyone. sponsorship deal that they still, what, you still got, this is the last year of fun. No, we've got selling, aren't we? We've got selling on the front of our shirt. So they must need a year or something 
to basically open up so we're, we're, the ability to spend. As far as I know, so you've still got our, sleeve sponsors with some others with the we, previous. We one. get a lot of money for that. We get for reference. We there's had, one sponsor you're stuck with, isn't there? That actually signed like a seven-year deal with. Uh, there you go. And yeah. um, <laughs> we we only, if I remember rightly, it's something like four million a year we get when you compare that to what is it, ten million a year United have just got. I'll tell you, getting um, the United shirt, the jacket, Christmas. Well, no, they got a hundred million a year. Yeah, Let's well, be fair. <laughs> Some teams are bigger than others, but four million is still yes, spending. Yeah, yeah. You get hundred, but ninety-six million. <laughs> I saw people cooking you for getting some money through for your other sponsorships because they don't equate to what you're usually making, and they say you're playing the market. Which the team, what the company was created, what like two weeks before actually, they started investing in Newcastle. There's something. There's as long there's, as you get less than one hundred and fifteen charges. I, I don't doubt it. I mean, we're about. getting twelve million a year for a sleeve sponsor, which is Saudi, and we were only <laughs> yeah. getting. I think it's four million yeah. a year for Fun Eight Eight. So you know, we're, we're obviously my my last Newcastle can. question. Now, new rules have been brought in to add on the stoppage time and waste <sighs> and go against time wasting, and also. A rule has been brought in about only having one man in the technical area. Is there an agenda against Newcastle? They're calling this the Mike Tyndall rule. <laughs> I don't know. If you, <laughs> You've got the wrong name. Have I? Yeah, Mike yeah. Tyndall. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the rugby player? Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? That's two in one pod you've done. Yeah. Is it Jason? It? Jason, yeah. yeah. I said Mikel Alonso earlier, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I'm know sure. if, if we can entirely call it a, a, an anti-Newcastle agenda because I'm sure there are a few people they had in mind were making this rule but that doesn't mean that <laughs> Jason Tyndall probably was top of the list when they had this idea Alex is gone but he's still here in uh, spirit channeling through me yeah. <laughs> right. I don't say like some more names either. wrong no nor do I but Newcastle, uh, United have just rejected a 30 million bid for Scott McTominay from uh, West Ham <sighs> These clubs. All right, let me fire these predictions out and then uh, some other questions. Harry, I'll go to you first. What you got that there? Let's have your top six. I wrote it down because it is rash. Alex used to do that where he would, he would preface it and then it doesn't uh, doesn't quite kick as hard. I actually think Arsenal might win it. So I put Arsenal top. Get the mic. I put Arsenal at the top. I put Man City second. I think Newcastle finished third. I've got Man United fourth. I've got Aston Villa fifth. And I've got Chelsea and Liverpool battling out for sixth. I think Liverpool are the, the letdown this season. This season. I, I, don't, I don't like their squad. I, I might take it over a couple of the ones in there. Okay, right, let's, um, let's have your bottom three. Luton. Did you not write this one down? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you only wrote down nothing. Well, I got Luton, Luton in and Sheffield, and um, I would love oh, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I think Liverpool. I think Liverpool much do what they did this season. They start yeah. a bit rash, then their midfield gels, and I think they close the gap. Um, I'd like it to be Everton. Um, Wouldn't we all? If I'm honest, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't pin down a third, but I would love it to be Everton, and I would like to see Forest stay safe. Top goal scorer. It's got to be Haaland, really. Bold prediction. is Does the Liverpool one count? Is that? Yeah, I, I, would, I would probably put that as my, my bold prediction. I, I don't, I certainly don't see them in, in Champions League. First manager sacked? I don't know enough of the, the managers of the, the worst teams, <laughs> to be honest. Team that will perform above expectations? Can you say Newcastle? Because I'm not seeing many yeah, people yeah. put in Champions League. Yeah. 
Below expert lay Liverpool count there. Player that will have a breakout season? I mean, I've not asked you about Anthony Gordon. Some of the messages you've sent me on that. Uh, he was one of the people in my mind, but... You said I, 10 I, goals, 10 assists to me. 10 goals and assists, not 10, not 10 of each. Oh, not I quite the double-double. So. Connor Galley's getting 15, according to Jack. <laughs> um, I don't think you could say Gordon anyway. I think his breakout season was probably back okay. at, at Everton. Um, I'm saying Elliot Anderson. Had a great loan spell at Bristol City. They nicknamed him the Geordie Maradona. He made appearances last season for us and he's looked shit hot in pre-season. I think he had four goals and two and two or three assists in six games. So he looked very good so far. They've got the Geordie Maradona. We've got the Croydon De Bruyne. These, <laughs> these teams this season on the bench as well. Just let you slide that mic over to... Uh, we've got the same questions for you. Who have you got in the top six? All right, so my top six then. Um, I've gone a bit boring. Number one, Man City. No confidence. No, no, not did I. I had Man City as well. <laughs> Man City, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and then Spurs. I don't think Newcastle will make it this time round. Not with European football. Um, yeah, I just don't think they'll make it this. Bottom season. three? Bottom three, I've gone Luton, Sheffield, United, and Wolves. Top goal scorer? I've gone for Haaland. How could you not? <laughs> Bold prediction? My bold prediction's a bit different. Well, I've gone for Leo Trossard will score more goals than Anthony, which okay. is quite bold considering Trossard doesn't even start for Arsenal and Anthony was brought in for 80, 90 million. Yeah. <sighs> First manager sacked? Um, um, I, I didn't write this one down, but I would say... Um, 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 Thomas Frank Ooh. of Brentford. I don't Jeez. think Brentford would have the season they... They had last season. Um, obviously, they've not got Tony. They're losing their keeper. They're obviously not replacing Tony. Um, he's going to be out till the new year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that will hamper him. Whisper, I put Brentford as my team that perform above expectations and TK said below. So uh, That could be his bold prediction. Thomas Frank gets sacked. <laughs> it's pretty bold. Yeah, uh, team that will perform above and below expectation. So, above, I've gone for Burnley. I think, that obviously, the way they played last season in the championship was... Um, they were clear clear runners out. Um, they won it convincingly. So I think, yeah, Burnley under Vincent Company looked really good. Um, below expectation, I've gone to gone for Newcastle. Obviously finishing the top four last season. Yeah. I don't think Can't I don't think they finished in the top six this season. So yeah, I don't. I, th- I think they are four below expectation to be honest. And then finally, player that'll have a breakout season. If you'd have asked me at the end of last season, I would have said Ifan Ranieri for Arsenal. But since we've brought in two extra midfielders yeah. and moved Smithrow into the position he'd probably play in, I don't think that w- that one will happen. So I've gone for Mikolo Mudrik. I think. Yeah, I went for him as well. Yeah, he's due. He's due some goals this season. He's got to be. He looked a decent player when he was linked with Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's happened since, but yeah, I back <laughs> him to get back on track. And I think yeah, and a new manager and a new team um, that Pochettino is making. I think yeah, he'll be able to. Um, get some goals and assists this season alright just before we close out five minutes let me just fire a couple of questions on the other teams that we've not covered yet so I'll start with you TK um, Calvert-Lewin over or under 15 starts this season starts <laughs> Christ I thought you were going to say goals I was thinking that's an easy one uh, over Maybe only just, which is a bad sign for them. Well, because they're, they're bringing in this new striker I'd never heard of, um, Youssef Shamiti. Three goals and two assists in 16 games for Sporting last season. 15.5 million. Um, 
Goal record like that, you could be linked with United. <laughs> Mope not good enough. They're doing another year relying on Calvert Lewin, which feels uh, a bold way to be yeah. uh, going into the season. But what can you do? Interesting. None of us thought Steve Cooper would be among the first to be sacked when you think he was kind of on the edge for a lot of last season. Yeah, but it was almost like they were playing us, though, wasn't it? Because it was like, he's being sacked, he's being sacked, and then they come out and go, no, nah, what are we talking about? It's fine. worse for him this season because no one's going to say how unsettled they are, which basically was what got him out of it every time last season. Yeah, it's true. I think there's some dross teams down there this year, though, so he might luck out on that. Stick with you, uh, Lovesy. One goal last season for a Charleston, and it ended in heartbreak pretty swiftly after that. <laughs> What what are we expecting for him this season? Um, well, I think a lot of it rides on whether Harry Kane stays or goes. Really, um, I don't think. I think if Harry Kane stays, I don't think he plays much again, um, and I don't think he scores that many. But I guess maybe maybe he'll be tested in a new formation. Maybe Ange Postecoglou might try out some some new things in terms of formations and playing different players, especially if. Kane is going to run down his contract and he won't be playing at Spurs. They're obviously going to need a new plan, someone new to go to. So I'm not sure really. I've never really been a big Richarlison fan. Oh. So I can't, yeah, I can't really back him that much, but yeah. Does By anyone, default, he can't be worse, can he? No. I mean, it can't be, can he? Yeah. Does anyone think that Kane's going to go? They've rejected another 100 million euro bid for him today. So I've, I thought it was like a formality and now... Weren't they saying that, look, if he's still there come the first game, he ain't going? Yeah, because he's a good guy like that. £100 million they're saying they want to let him go. I feel this is the dream if you're leaving. You get money in for him. He doesn't join United, yeah, Chelsea, whoever. I've, that's why I thought he would go. I thought, leave you a jumper. I think uh, there's pressure from the uh, the majority owner of... Well, he's just been wrapped up in Spurs. abroad for insider trading. This is bail money, yeah. Yeah, really. With... With Spurs, I was going to ask this. So, all of uh, Andrew's sides have been dominant in possession wherever he's been. You look at his midfield options to start the season. He's got Oliver Skip, Hoiberg, Pat Matetsar, Benton Kuru's not fit for another couple of months, Bissouma, Madison, Lacelso, and Ndombele. He doesn't have Sorry, the tools. Sorry, they're still there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He doesn't have the tools, does he, to play that style of football I actually Basuma was if he hadn't already had a breakout season I was going to pick him because he seems to have struck a chord with um, Postacoglu I think they invested quite heavily last season in the summer window so I don't think they were too keen on spending a lot of money this summer 158 million last season to, off to try and help Harry Kane and then no one did <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest I think Postacoglu probably wants to work with the players a bit more before he makes sort of final decisions um, and I'm probably certain that Spurs probably don't want to give him so much money in his first window like I said after spending so much last yeah. season so maybe it's just sort of a find your feet sort of thing Postacoglu learns the players that he actually wants to keep um, and yeah we sort of see some sort of new project like we have with United and Arsenal Yeah, they've got Van de Ven coming in at the back he's been playing a back four they've had Ben Davis and Romero starting two of the last three games Christ. they conceded two to a West Ham side that drew with Dag and Red a week later <laughs> So at the back, it, they, 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 with Conte, they kept signing wing backs, and so they signed not very good Destiny Odogi, Pedro Porro in the last year, and now they're trying to play him in a back four. So Emerson Royale still there. 
I think yeah, he's on. They've put Jeff Spence on the transfer list supposedly. Apparently, there is this guy like, can't catch a break. Just there is brought in, doesn't get played. <laughs> get website out. that Premier League clubs use. Because like they were saying, do you see the one on, on the Athletic? The West Ham had advertised on there. They want these four positions, and they're willing to spend twenty million on each one. And it was like right back, centre mid, centre forward, and it was like. I don't let Liverpool get wind of that. Cause yeah. <laughs> um, it's a nightmare for them that Benton Kerr is still injured till like November, isn't it? I think that's yeah. going to kill him. He's comfortably their best sort of ball player in there. So, big year for Basuma. You are right. If he can get a tune out of Basuma, yeah, I think that's a much better base for them to build off than skip, etc. Is Deserby still going to be in charge of Brighton come the end of the season? Obviously, things were looking rosy with Graham Potter last year. Chelsea sacked their manager. They come in for him. You've got to think Deserby's at the top of a lot of lists. I don't think any of the big clubs who could attract him will sack their manager. So I think he'll still be there just because no one comes in for him. The only way it would is if Newcastle start badly and they can howl and go for it, I would say. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll stick with it. I think they'll be fine. So, Yeah, I think at this stage, we're probably blessed in the Premier League with top managers. We've got yeah. a list of sort of really good managers. So yeah, I don't think I see many of the top six coming in for the Zerbi, maybe abroad. But even then, I think, um, I'm not sure if he will leave because obviously they've got European football. They're looking at, um, yeah, they're looking at building a new project. They've obviously sold some players. They're looking at they've brought some more in, they might even sell some more. So I think it's just a massive project at Brighton and I think the Zerbi really, really likes it. And to be honest, like I said before, the Premier League is a top in top talent. So I'm not sure why he would want to go anywhere else, really. There's been this weird like rivalry brewing with Villa and Newcastle that I see online. I think they might be fancying themselves to try and finish ahead of Newcastle this season. Look, they've invested Pau Torres, Tielemans, Moussa Diaby, is that a better window than Newcastle have had so far? Tonali and Harvey Barnes? It's close, isn't it? Might be better on the, the amount they've got, but um, I just don't, I think Newcastle are, are stronger. I've actually well, I've got a bet with one of my mates who's a Villa fan. 50 quid on each game and 50 quid on who finishes higher overall. Same oh, as last season. Nice. I've got a bet on with a Chelsea fan the same. So uh, Also Big a bet bath. that Maguire wouldn't be sold for over 20 million, so I'm going to be losing money there. With with Villa, they finished seventh last year. I do wonder how much better they can really get. Um, Unai Emery, I'm kind of just waiting for that to uh, Go fall wrong. down. I was going to ask you, should they really be living and dying by the success of Ollie Watkins and then you were picking him to be up there in what the golden boot race? Well, for context, I said, if we take Harlan out of the yeah. equation, who's, who's going to be the next guy's coming out? I just think they're going to play him. He's going to start pretty much every game. So by default, if... I think he's a confidence player. So if he can keep the ball rolling, Emery, if he can keep that, he'll get goals out of him. So if it dries up, I think it could get spooky for him. Someone someone we've been high on, I was going to ask this. How big of a season is this for Jacob Ramsey? With Douglas Louise, Tielemans, Buendia McGinn, we've been high on him. He probably has to go to another level this year or play further forward. I'd like to see him further forward. Yeah. He's got I think he's great as an eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if if you have to, if with those guys playing behind, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, you are right. It's, it is a big year for him, actually. But I've, you'd back him too, wouldn't you? He's a talent. You know, Douglas Louise, we were laughing or confused last summer's deadline day when he was linked with Arsenal, and now he's still in link with Arsenal and Spurs. He was confused. there. You were, you were in bits that you weren't signing him. You'd have, why isn't this club making this move? Well, we'd started well, and then it was 
what the hell are we doing? We we didn't bring anyone in. I think we might be doing that. Maybe not, Villa, maybe not starting well. I think with Villa, a lot of the success that people are predicting them to have are based off some pretty big assumptions. Assumptions that Diaby and Torres are going to take to the league instantly. Assumptions that Tielemans is going to learn to run again. And uh, <laughs> largely on whether Watkins can keep up the form he had last season, which he that, hasn't really That's a lot of big issues. Yeah, you're right. That time we were, as a fan base, having to debate would we rather Ollie Watkins or Calvert-Lewin as the new Arsenal strike? It was a real thing. It felt awful on that because you were getting, get yourself gassed up on the pod and I I was just going, he just has a slightly heartbroken look on his face. I still take Calvert-Lewin. I think I've said this so many times. (laughs) Someone needs to say to him, you play 10 minutes a game and you brought on and you play for it and you play for a big team. The thing with Villa is well, they're that club that everyone's going to go, I think they'll do better than people think. But then if you said to them, okay, where do you think they're finished? They'll go, oh, seven for eight. Yeah, I'm the, I think but that's not better than people think, is it? That's exactly yeah. probably where they are. I think they underperform and Emery's going to get you at the end of it. He's going <laughs> to catch you up eventually. I think he'll keep improving them a little bit more before it uh, goes pear-shaped. Yeah. That, that clip of Jacob Ramsey with all the Villa fans outside going, it's only the Conference League. <laughs> and then, was it concert saying? <laughs> that is a horrible quote whilst the fans are outside. <laughs> well, fan, uh, players just need to stop going on live. Yes. Yeah, when they're absolutely. in a group. All the NFL teams kept doing it in the changing room last year. <laughs> I'll tell you what, not to sidetrack it too much, but one, one thing I still cannot get my head around is the amount of top pundits who say things like, you're not going to get big players to go to a, a to go live in a place like Newcastle whilst ignoring <laughs> Birmingham. Well, that's <laughs> the location for top well, talent. A couple of times in the last windows, players have been to visit Birmingham. That um, uh, I forget his name. Is it Alemany or that uh, Bartus? Whatever is the old director at Barca. He was going to take over as the new Villa director of football. He flew over to Villa saw Birmingham and said, actually, I'll stick and took it took a pay cut to stay with Barcelona with sharing a job with someone. And they brought in uh, Monchi, uh, yeah, who was yeah, the yeah. one who was linked with Arsenal for ages. Pau Torres is a red flag for me because with the desperation teams have for left-footed centre-backs, why was no one else wanting him? Why did United, Spurs... Don't bring us into the equation, doesn't it? No, but no one else went for yeah. less than 30 mil. It looks a bit fishy to me. You know, we think within long term as well. So yeah. Fascinated by the idea someone had to travel from Barcelona to Birmingham to work out that <laughs> Birmingham was a worse location. They asked, David Roy did one of these interviews and he was asked about moving over here. And he said the big issue was he had to have his dinner at five o'clock. Because <laughs> they, said, they said, what the food? Like- and he was like, no, but in Spain, we eat at like nine, like- ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And he was like, I was in my digs, I think, to eat at five o'clock. It was a big thing with like, uh, I love a lot of Spanish players. I remember Reyes saying it. He was like, everything's closed at like 10 o'clock. I'm normally going out then. He's like, yeah, sorry, mate. When we went to Milan and we wanted to get some food before the game and everywhere just shut just because... Ghost town, why, yeah. why would we be selling food at like four o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, yeah. I think that brings us to a close here. Three hours later, TK, we're uh, still rolling. Thanks to everyone that's tuned in. Thanks to uh, both of you for coming on. As I say to everyone, welcome uh, anytime. Get some things off your chest. <laughs> Arsenal was quite handy last season, but seasons before it's been a bit of an outlet. So uh, Therapy for you. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Adios. Adios.